Here we it go. It is Chanaka, after all. Yeah, Chichana. It is Chaka Khan, yeah. <laughs> Chaka Khan. Three, two, one. Chaka. 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 I feel for you. I so, think I love you. Yeah, bring it. It's all getting cut. It's all. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ain't adventure time. Oh, Oh, you feeling Chaka Khan? Three. Feel for you. I just thought her hair was cool. Two. <laughs> no doubt. One. Uh, Vince used to be fun. Ew. I know. He, he's <laughs> an old, he's old in China. It's like oh. time. He's become like a real producer. We're going to talk about Shaka Khan on the show. That's stupid. He's like a real producer now. Let's stay on topic, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Guys sound like J- Dave Chappelle he doing a white man. Oh, oh, so oh, there you go. <laughs> he wants to be video so he can do the countdown. Three, two... And roll it. <sighs> we ready, buddy? Yes. Yes, I mean. Cool beans. Do. I've been waiting, ready for 10 minutes. 11 o'clock comics, episode 243. <laughs> <laughs> All epic numbers. After the first episode, they've all been epic. For <laughs> I should remember this one. <laughs> like, hey, what happened? Five years later. Did, did it work? You can't. No, retroactively claim that now. Somebody got a cat. Jason, why are you so quiet? After Jason. Uh, I'm just uh, reading some black tweets you know, from any that are opening up the show. Ah, you're doing it. What's up, y'all? How are you doing? I'm doing good, bro. Hey, uh, rather like a rabbit? I know it. That's right. I'm excited. I'm excited about something. I have fun things to talk about. Well, you know what? You're going first. Why am I going first? Because you have been holding off for two weeks. Um, I have. The Did Spaceman. Sure. Do I have my shit with me? I'll my shit with me. Where's my shit? Yeah, there it is. Um, Vince, you have to read this book. Oh, I, I, yeah. Right now. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like, we'll pause. You go, <laughs> go get it. it. Come back. Um, uh, out of everyone, I think that, that you will enjoy Spaceman more than sure. Anyway, but let's do this big all uptight and proper. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics. I am Vince B. If you are, and uh, and I'm Chris Neesman. You are. I'm David Price. You are, and I'm Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. <laughs> I hate that song. Oh, I freaking hate that song. <laughs> Dude, my kids hate that song. I do, it's it it's ridiculous. My kids do it, and it's like that <laughs> song la, gives la, us la, a bad la, name. La, la, da, da. Yeah, yeah. That song gives you a bad name. Not, yeah, not, <laughs> not the Sopranos or anything. No, no. <laughs> That, that fucking song. You know, my favorite moment of The Sopranos is when, uh, what, I forget who it was, backed up over the guy's head and the, the black guys are on the side going, oh! They, <laughs> no, you're not, Dominic the Donkey. You're Jason Wood, everybody, and this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you as usual by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get massive discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles, like these. The new list is up, and I have three for you. Yes, they're restarting G.I. Joe again. 
IDW is putting, pressing the reset button and GI Joe number one is specially discounted 50% off. It's only going to cost you a buck 99. Do we all know who's writing it? Yes, yes sir. Mr. Fred Van Lenty. So FDL, there, baby. that's reason enough to pick it up. That Art is. by Steve Kurth and, oh, uh, Juan Doe did the cover. So keep your eye out for that from IDW. Number two from DC. It's the Jack Kirby Omnibus Hardcover Volume 2. This collects Black Magic 1 to 9. Now, not the whole issue. It's just the Kirby parts. Okay. First issue, Special 1, 5, and 6. Kung Fu Fighter number 3. Sandman number 1 to 6. Mm. DC Comics Presents number 84. Superpowers Volume 1, 1 to 5. And Superpowers wow. Volume 2, 1 to 6. And Cobra number 1. It's 600 and some pages. Now, this is what I don't understand. Was he just working as like a fill-in artist at that point? No, no, no. Sandman was his, and those. Nope. Remember the, that that first issue special things they did with like, um, oh God, Atlas and uh, you know Cobra. They had the the first issue banner on it and everything. Yeah, Jack yeah. was cranking them out like crazy, and then he did yeah. the superpowers I mean, did, for the did toys. Did he end up at at a point at DC where they didn't really know what to do with him? Yes. Well, I don't. I, I, I don't mean that. I don't. I can't answer that. But yeah. um, how do you cage a tornado? Oh, jeez. You know I mean? Anyway, uh, what's number three? I'm putting them on books that Vinnie Coletta draws. <laughs> Suck it. Vince Coletta didn't draw it. Vince Coletta inked it. See? But anyway, I don't understand why this one is oh, 600 and some says. pages. Well, this list is wrong because Mike Royer is, is traditionally uh, Kirby's inker too uh, in that late 70s period. Uh, well, mid to late 70s period. Uh, and and uh, Coletta inked him on the Days of the Mob. Part of it. But anyway, hence the, the attribution. But here's what I was trying to say. This is the second volume of the Jack Kirby Omnibus. It's 600 and some pages and it's going for 39.99. The Green Arrow is the first part of the Omnibus. It's half the page count and it goes for the same amount of money. Huh. What, what is up with that? What did DC just decide, you know what, we're only doing two of these. Let's load up on the second one and make it the same price. I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, and from Dark Horse. What the, what the Kirby, uh, the, the Justice League thing that's coming out. It's pretty sweet. What's that? It's, it's like all of the, it's just, uh, it's, well, turn off the, you're going to make me look now. That's in here. Superpowers, oh, okay. yeah, one and two. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah uh, that. from Dark Horse, look at this. The first volume. Of Matt Kent's Mind Management. It's a yeah. hardcover. They're going straight to hardcover. Okay. And they're smart. $19.99 cover. You can get it for half off. $9.99. Collects the first six issues. You gotta do it. And if you're a first time customer, you enter this code in the following, in the slot, the following code in the slot, as they usually say, and you will get an extra 8% off. David, what the heck is that code? EOC8. That's right. EOC8 will get you an extra 8% off, bringing your total to about 250% off. They're giving you the stuff. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. They are the best. You know what Christina's favorite band is? I shudder to think. The Ruddles? No. Not the Ruddles. Journey. Band of Horses. And if you followed her at uh, DCBS Christina on Twitter, you would know that. I do follow her, but I didn't know that. Band of horses, who are they and what do they do? They make pretty music. Are they like Jars of Clay? Or? They must be alt country because no, that's the only reason why Christmas is. No, it's not alt country. No, look them up. They're roots. They're Americana. They're freedom rock. That's what they are. Freedom rock. Freedom rock. Freedom. It's a little Americana. Yeah, they're very good. They're awesome. Cool. 
I said so Jeremy. She's going to hate me now. So uh, I'm guessing people have some thank yous. Mm. Mm. Not yeah, not not before we do the the drink roll call though. Oh, right, Chris, uh-huh. my bad. That's all right. Yeah, you go, producer. Um, tell us how it's done. You. Thank you, Vince. Um, Vince, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a Bendis, also known as Miller Lite. <laughs> oh, that's messed up, dude. Oh, you know why? You know why? Oh, it's funny. What? You know why? Because mm. there's no finish to a Miller Lite. Oh, snap. <laughs> and the gas goes on forever. Dude, that means that means that uh, that means that a, a Bloody Mary is a is a J. Michael Straczynski because the first few sips are awesome, but by the end it's awful. <laughs> Uh, We're on a roll tonight. Uh, was a, a, a big to-do guest at C2E2 today. Who? Straczynski. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. I'm That's telling you, though, Dr. Manhattan's on fire. It's a really good book. It is actually a pretty good book. Yeah. Have you, Jason, have you ever read Midnight Nation? Did we ever fix that? Uh, no. The, oh, Rising man. Stars that you were reading. I did read Rising Stars, and it, yeah. And just like a Bloody Mary, right? So, yep. <laughs> Midnight Nation's a lot shorter, only like ten. Yeah, issues? yeah, it, no, twelve. It was twelve issues. Oh. It's it's awesome. It's um, yeah, Very man, um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, uh, uh, Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, much like last week, I'm sitting here sipping on some Jameson. I've been watching Mad Men. I've, I'm actually just finished the fourth season, and uh, so like it just seems right to have a glass of brown liquor in my hand. Yeah, yeah, you need. Need to make like a Rye Manhattan. Dude, those guys drank like fiends back then. Dude. Did, dude. Yeah. Did you imagine chain smoking and chain drinking in the middle of work because that's what's expected of you? That's dude. crazy, dude. That'd be awesome. I remember <laughs> my, my I, I actually had a job where we could smoke at our desks. But could you drink? Uh, it, it, it probably, probably in the afternoon. But I mean, how crazy is that though? Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember going out for like drinking lunches and that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just old enough. Uh, I remember when you go to a, a, a company Christmas party and, and get pretty shit faced. Yep. Which I don't think you is is really protocol anymore. But uh, uh, David, how about you? I well, I am drinking some whiskey, but it's a little different this time, mm. and I have to say thank you. To uh, Mr. Dean Stell, because he went and sent me a package of whiskey stones. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! So yep. that is what I am breaking in tonight. So thank you, Dean, and and I'm having some uh, Courtney and Woods whiskey. Um, key to um, to use them, in my opinion, when I use whiskey stones, because Sal was kind enough to give me some for Christmas last year. There are whiskeys that you want to cut down with water yep. and or ice and then there are whiskeys that you don't want to cut down but you do want to have chilled mm-hmm. so uh a, a perfect example of a bourbon i would use whiskey stones with would be a basil hayden because it's only 80 proof so right. it's not it's not a really hot whiskey that's not it's not you know it doesn't need to be cut but i like my whiskey chilled so that is a perfect whiskey to use whiskey stones with this is actually this is eighty proof too, and you're right because I I didn't want to, I didn't want to like break out the Maker's Forty Six or the Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace just yet with these because I wanted to see if if I was missing the ice so that I could let some of it melt off or if I just wanted this chilled and it's there there really is a difference. Yep, yep, absolutely. I mean, that, you'll get the you'll that's 
you get that that pure neat whiskey that way. Yeah, it's chilling it. Uh, I'm gonna continue to uh, to enjoy my uh, my beer exchange with Ash. Uh, and this week, I think I've got like four or five more after this. Uh, this week, I, I've talked several times on the show about how much I love the 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 brewery Lagunitas, which they're out in uh, Petaluma. Is it Petaluma, California? Yeah. And I've had their something something ale. It's maybe one of my one of my favorite uh, ales. It's they have they have this really uh, nice just just on on the, the the right side of of being a little heavy on their their hops, but they bring a tremendous amount of flavor to their ales. Well, Ash sent me uh, a pint of their something wild ale, which is a limited release of their uh, something something uh, ale. And it is, uh, it, it's got a crazy alcohol percentage. It's, uh, it's 8.8% alcohol, which is, is getting up there for an ale. Uh, and it is just absolutely delicious. So, Ash, thanks again. And, and I hope you're, uh, you're enjoying the beers I sent out your way. But, uh, yeah, anything from Lagunitas is, I've yet to be disappointed by that, uh, brewery. So good, good California beers. Nice. There you go. So should we do the thank yous? Because I know we have a lot yeah, of Yeah, let's bang them out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, real quick, can we just um, give a little bit of a shout-out? Congratulations, Mazel Tov, what have you, to Mr. Ben Teed and his new fiance Samantha. Get out! He's engaged? Oh, he nice. is engaged. Yeah. Oh, maybe they'll have a Bobby. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. That's okay. So let, then let's, got uh, that. let's jump to an impromptu EOC live tweet because Ben Teed oh. has- on EOC live tweet, how did we propose to our wives? Look at that! Uh, oh boy, synchronicity! Oh boy, mine's not comic book related. <laughs> it's Ben because well, Ben draws. And, and you're the longest married, right? So why don't you go first? Who's the longest married? You. I am really. Yeah. Seventeen years. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. Twelve. Well, uh, at the time, uh, I was just coming off the the tail end of working at Burger King for twelve years. So, uh, I had access to very large boxes and I got a stack of, uh, pillows and comforters and, and clothing and I wrapped up the ring really, really, really small, uh, and put it in the bottom of the box, covered it all up with pillows and clothing and I proposed to her on Christmas. Oh, and yeah. yet, and yet you're such a bah humbug about Christmas. Why is that? Because, be, why is that? Because she loves Christmas. My wife, my wife adores Christmas. That's great. I and, uh, so I, I made, uh, her, hopefully, I don't know, I'd have to ask her, but I tried to give her something else to like Christmas for. No oh, reason. Oh, that's so sweet. Look at you, big softy. I know. I, I may hate the holidays, but other people don't. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. That's right. Uh, so, uh, if we, are we going in chronological order? I guess, am I next? Yes. I would think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I proposed in Cancun on vacation. Um, I had planned on, because I suspected that she suspected I was going to propose while we were there. So my plan was to propose uh, as we were leaving for the airport to go back home. But uh, the first day there, I was nervous about leaving the ring in our hotel room because it didn't have a safe in there. And so I was carrying it around all day, and we were like doing things like going on like uh, a sailboat tour and all these things. I was in absolute panic the whole day that the ring was like fall out of my pocket. So I was so freaking nervous by the end of that first night that I proposed the second we walked into the hotel room ah. after dinner. 
You got to be careful of those 12 karat rings. People want <laughs> uh, No, no, that, this is a tip for all you listeners out there. Uh, get married. One of the best reasons to get engaged when you're young is that the expectations for the size of the bling are de minimis. So, yeah, uh, but then you're screwed yeah. for your 10th anniversary. I was going to say, yeah. if station in life changes, then there is some <laughs> right. or expectation that you might want to upgrade. He got her a diamond hat for the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got her a diamond rabbit. Ah, there we go. The twist. Renee That's is bummed. Jason, I will say that, that, that Renee is a little bit bummed that, that it's not an actual real rabbit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. That would be Richard Gere's uh, territory. Uh, uh, yeah. Who's <laughs> <laughs> married third longest, Chris or David? He's not a gentleman. Uh, me, I believe. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. It, it will be seven Two, years in a couple of weeks. Yeah, 2006 for us. Yeah, oh, 05. Um, well, we, uh, the long story about how we met at work and, and, and how our relationship grew from there. Uh, but one of the first, um, one of the first times I went out and, and where we had to dress up nice and, and go somewhere, we went to, um, one of my aunt's weddings when one of my aunts was getting married. So we went to the wedding and, and that's where, um, Renee met my grandmother, one who lives down in Florida and, um, they they hit it off. Everything was great. My 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 grandmother, my grandfather loved Renee. Everything, and um, so my grandmother told me that uh, I was getting one of her stones to put in a setting to uh, to propose to uh, to Renee with. And Renee saw the stone. We went to uh, went out to Jersey to 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 find a nice setting for it and everything. So I had it in my possession, and and she knew obviously. That it was coming, so there really was never a uh, a, a right time that anything that I had imagined I wanted to do, she she would have just known something was up from that point forward. So um, before work, I I, uh, I proposed to her one day when I was picking her up before we left. So I mean, it wasn't anything extravagant because just the way all the circumstances lined up to make it that. And and there are things that I'm going to. Um, do as time goes on to kind of um I, I don't want to say recapture that but but try to surprise her with things so that that's basically it all right there you go. and last but not least uh it was the summer of 2006 and i had uh i had uh planned a a big thing we went to a a, a White Sox game. I had it all planned out and got in touch. You know, my wife is a big White Sox fan, and uh, and I got in touch with the uh, with the people of the White Sox and uh, uh, had them put on the the video board. Marta, will you marry me, um, oh. Chris? And uh, um, and the night of uh, of the game, uh, Marta was in school at. Uh, 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 doing her acupuncture thing at, uh, at Pacific and, uh, uh, day of the game. She, uh, she's like, yeah, I can't go to the game. I've got, uh, I got a test. I got a, I laugh at your misery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that didn't work out. And so a couple of days later, but yeah, but what's that, um, uh, one of our customers at the at the company that we work at uh was a personal trainer for one of the Sox baseball players and so 
uh, he actually got us in to, uh, not the clubhouse, but outside of the clubhouse after the game, kind of like down in the basement level of the, of, uh, Sox Park. And I had a baseball and I had, um, probably about half of the Cardinals team and half of the uh, White Sox team sign it. And I had Joe Creedy right on the Joe Creedy, who was the uh, White Sox third baseman yeah. that year. Uh, I had him right on there. Uh, Marta, will you marry me? And um, oh, that's even better though. And, uh, and so, um, so I had this baseball signed by, you know, players yeah. and man, Larusa signed it. Scott Rowland. It was Jim Tomei. It was, it was awesome. And so, um, so I had this baseball that, uh, had all these signatures and the Marta, will you marry me? And so we, uh, we go out to dinner that weekend and I've got the, I've got the baseball. And, uh, so we're going to go out and have a dinner. And then there's this, this beautiful like gazebo, uh, in one of the, the parks in between the restaurant and, and our house. And, um, uh, no, it wasn't summer because it was actually, it was getting, it was getting later in the year. It was late September. And, um, because I remember it was, it was chilly and we're coming back from, uh, from dinner and I was like, Oh, Hey, what's, um, you know, what's, uh, go for a nice little, you know, walk before we, we go back home. And she's like, what, why you're, you're, I was going to go to this gazebo and propose to her there. It's, you know, it was, and so she's like, uh, no, it's cold outside. Take me home. And she's like, uh, no, it's cold. Take me home. And I'm just like, okay, great. And so we get home and I'm just like, Hey, have a seat on the couch. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and I just like tossed the ball to her. And I was just like, and she looked at it and it's like, um, yeah, what do I care? There's a bunch of Cardinals on here. I was like, huh. we read the fucking baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, wedded bliss. That's and, awesome. And it's pretty much been like that ever since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. There you go. Love yeah. is in the air. Cool. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Well, congratulations to Mr. Ben Teed. Seriously. And, and his betrothed. Yeah. All right. So can I start off with the, with the thank yous? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we, we, yep. Mm-hmm. I got something today from Mr. Brian Bettigs. Uh, comics are Wednesday. That's his, ah, his, yeah. his handle. Uh, he must pay attention to me because he sent me Lobo the Duck, number one, from oh, the uh, Amalgam uh, Universe. He sent me a copy of Chuck Norris, Karate Commando. Oh, Steve Ditko. Yes, it's Ditko. I was like, what is that? Holy crap, it's Steve Ditko, inked by Art Nichols. And it's very cool. Then he gave me, uh, he must have access to a, a crazy amount of variant covers because that's all these are. Um, Thor, God of Thunder, number one, the Scotty baby cover. Yep. Uh, this Avengers, number one, more Scotty babies. And I took a look through this and I have to say that, um, who drew this? Avengers are uncanny. Avengers. Oh, this Opinion. is, uh, Jerome Opinion. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. If all Marvel books look like this, I'd be buying a lot more Marvel. Yep. He, this, this book is spectacular. So I'm gonna read that. He gave me Mars Attacks number four, the variant cover. Not just a variant, the retail incentive cover. Then he gave me Mars Attacks number one and Mars Attacks number two with the Sam Keith cover. Jeez. Both retail incentives. And then he gave me Popeye. Is he no. He gave oh. me Popeye number six with the Dan Parent uh, retailer incentive cover and 
Marceline and the Scream Queens, uh, number four with the uh, retailer incentive cover. So that's a bunch of variants. So, so thank you, Brian. That's awesome. I'm going to tear into. And see, you know, when you're when you're giving me Mars Attacks, you're pulling right at my heartstrings, and Popeye, and and Adventure Time. So there you go. Take it away, somebody. Uh, so, uh, my first ever digital gift, um, Mr. Mr. Nilcam, Neil, yeah. uh, sent me, uh, via Comixology, the first two volumes of Cyborg 009. Oh, that's awesome stuff, dude. Yeah, I mean, I had never heard of it until he sent it to me, but it, um, just in reading about it after he sent it, uh, I haven't read the volumes yet themselves, but it's, uh, a manga, um, that was, uh, created some time ago. Uh, and it was serialized, uh, as many manga are, uh, in Japan. And then I guess Tokyo Pop had the rights for a while. Mm-hmm. But they, they lost, well, they, they, they went out of print year, you know, probably five, six years ago. But Comicsology recently got the rights, and so they've been releasing them. So he gave me the first two volumes. I think there are nine volumes, maybe? But, um, but either way, it's about nine, nine, uh, people who are turned into, um, cyborgs, each with their own powers. And they, team up to combat the Black Ghost organization, which uh, and the Black Ghost is the leader, so like a secret evil organization, and uh, hijinks ensue, as I understand. So it sounds awesome, um, and I, uh, I I thank him so much, because that is something that was way off my radar, but seems like it's going to be pretty cool to read. Is that uh, Shima? No, that's... Um, it's, uh, it's Ishimori. It's yeah. Ish- Shotaro uh, Ishinomori. Ishinomori, yeah. That stuff's yeah. great. Yeah. So it's much love to too. Neil. Great. The um, well, continuing the Neil Love, um, mm-hmm. he sent me Atomic Robo Volume Three, which I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to because I enjoyed the first volume, and uh, so I'm, I'm I do like Atomic Robo. I, I, I've liked what I've read so far, so it's it's definitely one of those um, titles, I guess, like BPRD, where I've read it, I like it, I want to continue it. I just I, I don't run through everything. As things are released, so I'm looking forward to that. And a, um, and I completely screwed up because for whatever reason it was not in my main inbox like some of the other emails were. But Mr. Gobo, Ryan was kind <laughs> enough to, uh, since everybody else got theirs last week, um, he gifted me with, uh, some comicsology offerings including, uh, Homeland Directive. So I'll finally nice. get to read that. Yep. Uh, Shout out for Chris because he got me the king, Ooh, and wow. I am uh, I'm really looking forward to because this is something I've always looked at over the years when it was originally coming out. Never read any of it, and that is the whole shebang of Scud the Disposable Assassin. Nice, nice. yeah, nice. That, nice. It's a thick book, dude. It's yeah. really entertaining. Yeah, really super. Like I said, it uh, reminds me a lot of Julian's uh, style on ants. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a big fan of that style, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to that. I also have from uh, Paul a uh, Death Rage. It is it, this will probably be a this will probably be a follow up to Marvel: The Untold Stories, uh, Comic Wars, Marvel's Battle for Survival. Yeah. Uh, some will be all prosed out beginning of the year. And, um, this, this arrived tonight and it, it's from our boy, our pal, uh, friend of the show, friend of us personally, um, 
Mr. Brian Stringer. Ooh. He, mm-hmm. I, I texted him and I said, dude, yo, the, the, what are you sending me? He goes, you open it? I go, well, no, because I didn't, I, I, I don't know if I should be opening things now or if we wait. So I says, no, I didn't open it. He goes, no, no, go ahead, open it. I opened it and I was, I know what it is. <laughs> I was floored and, uh, I'm like, holy crap. Renee comes running downstairs. She goes, what happened? She thought I was, I was in the kitchen. She thought something had fallen and mm. I, I'm like, didn't have the clapper uh, next to him. I show, uh, I'm like, look, it's a rabbit. I show, I, I, I read off the note that he included and it is a, and I'll, I'll post it in, in, in the episode thread because it's, it's, it's online already. It, he, he painted a beautiful, it's, it's gorgeous. It's a portrait of our dog, the Nook. Which no way. Stringer painted it? No way. It is his, it is, awesome. it is his first painted pet portrait wow. that is freaking awesome it is gorgeous dude. and for it people is, that is. may not be that are new to the show uh brian uh, stringer is is not only our buddy but we met him at uh several c2e2s ago and he is pretty much our eoc uh tattoo artist so yes we, had, we wear his art yes, yes we do. he has so. uh, tattooed me twice and uh i think vince twice right Yep. All yeah. of us. Well, everybody but Chris. Chris, Chris yes. never yet. Mm-hmm. I'm working uh, but, on it. I gotta yeah. talk with, I gotta, but, talk, I, I gotta work I, with I think that's important to say, cause again, people that do listen to the show probably know that we're pretty, uh, uh, <laughs> we have strong views on the quality of artwork, so if we're gonna let someone put something permanent on our bodies, you can presume that be good. Stringer yeah. is a very talented, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, renderer. And so. that whole, I mean, how, how we all met in, I mean, that, that whole thing about him, him knowing who we were yeah, was listening to the show. I mean, he listened to the show, so he, yeah. he knew who we were. And it, I mean, it, it, it was giddy for all of us that day. But um, it is it is a gorgeous piece of artwork, I think. I don't know if we have a frame that will fit it yet, but it, it's, we'll work on that. And the um, the last item I, I received the other day, and, and Vince is telling me to go ahead and open it. This is um, this is from listener and four member, uh, Turtle Boy 8, It's uh, who's... In real life goes by Nick Hill. Uh, hey David, here is a little gift I saw at my LCS. I thought you might like it. Vince didn't think you had these. Uh, but said even if you did, you wouldn't mind having Grendel in every room. Thanks for giving me free entertainment every week and for the best forms around. P.S. It's not paper. Uh, nice. That could be could be densely compressed paper, maybe. And it is and and there have been a few people who have been um Sending notes and things like that, and 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 adding that little comment that it is not paper. So because they're all afraid of your wife. I'm I'm opening this now. Oh, look at that, dude! No. <laughs> oh shit! This is absolutely fabulous. Uh, Chris's Mister Monster now has some company. Oh, nice! This is Matt Wagner's Rendell Mini Bus Triple Pack. Of oh, Hunter wow. Rose, Christine Spar, and Brian Lee Song. This oh, is, oh, cool. it is very, very cool. Oh, well, hey, yeah. I'm glad you got the Christine Spar because you got the greatest. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, 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 the, one. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's the one that's going to be closest to the edge of the dress. <laughs> that's so nice. Oh, that's, up. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with this for a little bit, guys. You guys talk. All right, Christopher. Uh, I have I have several. It's I, and just let me say as as bitter and cranky as I can get leading up to uh, the holidays because it is – the holidays are kind of a, a, a rush these days. More than anything else, it is 
our forum that reminds me about how gracious and giving and awesome and caring people can be. Our, it, our forum continues to blow me away with how cool it is. There's there's some other things that, that were on, on the forum this week yes. that just showed the class and, yes. and yep. just amazing quality of character of of the people that have chosen to 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 hang out at at a place that is affiliated That's a with Carol thread that one that 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 if that doesn't descrooge somebody I don't know what would man yeah, it's just yeah. so so awesome so um just go to the go to the monkey room Chris doesn't know yeah because uh, Vince doesn't know he doesn't go to the monkey's room he doesn't <laughs> say. Um, uh, first of all uh uh our buddy Dean Stahl uh sent me the uh the hardcover of the Rocketeer Adventures nice yeah. So nice. awesome. I can't wait. This is, this is definitely going to be one that, you know, I'll keep out on the, on the living room coffee table and, and just kind of read a story whenever I'm, you know, it's there because it's just such a great collection and, and of, of some of the best creators in comics and their tribute to Dave Stevens and the, and the Rocketeer. So, um, thank you so much, Dean. This will, this will get, this will get consumed, um, numerous times. Uh, it's one that will probably not go on the bookshelf for a while, but will be, uh, left out. Um, uh, Brian, uh, comics for Wednesday, uh, sent me uh, a package as well. So now Vince, I get a, I get to catch up with Mudman because he sent me the Mudman trade. <laughs> Very nice. As, as well as, um, uh, Deviate by Brian Wood and Rebecca Isaacs. Oh, very nice. Ooh, so yeah. I get uh, two. Isaacs. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's a sweetheart. Met her in person at Challengers. Uh, yeah, uh, she did a piece, one of my jam pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's yep. cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and then one that I'm going to talk about a little bit later is, uh, uh, is from Paul, uh, Deathridge. And it, basically right now I am, there is only one artist in comics and, and that's Eduardo Rizzo because Paul sent me the, uh, the Eduardo Rizzo, Carlos Trillo, uh, Tales of Terror collection. Any of you guys have that? No, that's the one I don't have, yeah. yeah. No, and I'd like to get that because I, I very much liked uh, their other work together. So, yeah. It, it's it's amazing. And Vince, it is made for you. I it, know. For no, for no other reason than any of these stories could have been in creepy or eerie sure. and fit right in. That, that's basically what it is. It is, it's, it's Trillo and, uh, and Rizzo's kind of love letter and, and tribute to EC comics. And it's, uh, you know, looking at his, at his line work and, you know, I've got it with vampire boy and now this, it, I, I kind of want Frank Miller to not ever do Sin City again and just have Eduardo Rizzo take it over because <laughs> not it, his 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 black and white work is so gorgeous yeah. and I mean, he was he's been doing it for a while and it's it is just absolutely stunning to look at so um you know if you're a fan of EC comics first of all these are great because they've got the same twist ending and there there's some some silliness to it and, but just you know great great horror and, and suspense and it's it's all Eduardo Rizzo art and it's black and white and it's gorgeous and I I love it so <laughs> so it's it, right I'm 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 just like bathing in Eduardo Rizzo art right now everything I'm reading is Rizzo it's which, not a bad thing it's not no. a bad thing. no so Jason do you have some 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't. I thought we were going to rotate, so I just throw yeah, it out. Oh, that's all right. No, that's cool. I got, um, I got more too. So. Yeah, uh, just a couple. I think because um, I think you guys got all this last week and talked about it, but I got my copy, which is uh, from Mr. Joel Caples, uh, a copy of Judge Jared Complete Case Files Number Five. Oh, nice. so, sorry. Joel, Joel sent me volume two as well. So thank you, Joel. Yeah, nice. So I, I can't wait. I mean, it looks awesome, I have to say. And I've never read any dread at all. So we should go on a dread tear. We should. A, a whole it's, bunch it's of a, dread. It, it's yes, a white space for us. And, and, and it's the first of the year. 2080 is such an influential and long running uh, work. But so, uh, mad props to Joel. Um, from, from, uh, our buddy Ryan Kloss, Mr. Gobo. He sent me, um, a couple of the, uh, of the BPRD trades that were next on my list of unread. Uh, he, he, uh, I, I would assume went to my Amazon list and saw that, uh, these are the next in line for me and he hooked me up. Um, D- Mr. Dean Stell, uh, also did the same and got me BPRD. So, um, love to those two guys because, uh, I, I'm, these are the next uh, bunch of volumes that I, I needed to read. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, uh, Mr. Paul Deathridge. Um, I, I think it's Deathridge and not Deathrage, but maybe he can tell us which is which. Deathrage. It would be cool if it was Deathrage. But I think it's pretty much Deathridge. Maybe he was created yes. by Rob Liefeld. Maybe that's his Could be. Deathridge. He got me a uh, – he too got me a prose book, uh, which is awesome. And it's, um, it's a book that was also on my wish list. It's The Big Payback. By uh, Dan Charnas, and it's uh, it's a book about the history of the business of hip hop. Um, so it's right up my alley because, as you guys know, I'm a business man and I love the hip hop. So uh, it's a perfect book for me. So thanks so much. I, I really he knows appreciate you. It. He does. He does. So much love to all those guys. Let me burn through a couple um, from Paul Deathridge. He sent me what volume is this? Volume one of the. Um, Here's a long word. The indefatigable Pat Mills. Pat Mills seems to write everything. I mean, if you're on that side of the pond, uh, he is extremely prolific. 2000 AD, uh, writer, uh, among other things. And the artist is, uh, Ledrot, Ledroit. So it's French. So I screw it up. Uh, it's Requiem, Volume 1, Resurrection. Have you ever seen this? It was, uh, published in Heavy Metal. No. The art is so freaking dense. It's, it's just, there's a million panels per page and every one of them are fully painted. The line work is incredibly detailed. It's, it's just, it, it's gothic. Um, if you're a, a games workshop fan, it, um, it does look like their game gothic with all the, the very, uh, cathedral like, uh, gigantic warships. It's a vampire story and I, I just love the art. So I threw them up on my um, my uh, Amazon wish list. I have a couple of issues of the heavy metal in which they appear, but these are the collections, so I can I can just enjoy them for hours and hours. It'll take you forever to read these things. 144 pages, and they're just loaded with panels. I'm telling you, do it. Do a a quick search uh, for Ledrot. L e d r o i t. That's the artist. And then for Mr. Dean S, he sent me Dean F. I'm sorry. Why did I say Dean S? Yeah, Dean Stell. It's Dean Stell. Yeah. He sent me volume two of Requiem, Mills and, uh, Ledra. Uh, but my gift exchange dude really, really, really went way far beyond, um, <laughs> the, the, the norm. It, it's just incredible. Uh, I had Joel this year in the, uh, gift exchange and he gave me I'm just going to rattle them off. The complete DR and Quinch. 
Uh, oh, you're going to enjoy that. Davis, son of a oh, bitch. yeah. Have you Alan, ever read that before, Vince? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I it's don't have fun. the collected it's, it's, edition, it's, though. Yeah, it's really funny stuff. People don't realize how funny Alan Moore was. He still is. He still uh, is. He, he sent me on. The Mirror of Love by Alan Moore and Jose Villarubia. He sent Alan Moore's exit interview uh, with Bill Baker, published by Airwave. He gave me 2000 AD, a bunch of 2000 AD issues, a bunch of alter ego, and rough stuff, and more 2000 AD monthlies. He gave me a couple copies of Back Issue. It's nuts. He gave me all three of the oversized collected edition of Slain. The horde, the horned god, you know, that, uh, Simon Bisley, Pat Mills, uh, 2000 AD property. Again, just, just absolutely gorgeous. A mysteriously unfathomable print signed by Parker and that Tom Fowler guy that's done in the uh, gold key style. He sent me the hardcover from Fantagraphics, the strange, the world, uh, no, the strange and stranger, the world of Steve Ditko. And to top it all off, I mean, that's, that's wow. all great. You could have stopped right there. He sent me, and this, this just warmed my heart, a custom bound edition by James Jasek from Library Binding. It, he tells me it's one of the last books that came out of, uh, LBC. And you, you guys know how much I love James and the work mm-hmm. that he, he did. The book contains the entire run of Jack Kirby's 2001, A Space Odyssey. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's done by James and it's at 10 issues. Yes. 10 issues introduces, um, X51, our old mascot from the mm-hmm. bullpen bulletins days. It's just, I mean, the, he could have just gave me this and it would have been awesome, but he just loaded me up with stuff. So Joel, I got to thank you. It's just amazingly, uh, generous and, and you know, don't do it again next year. <laughs> you gotta keep your stuff, dude. You're just giving all the good stuff away. So yeah. That is fantastic. It is. It's nuts. But, uh, wait till Michael Schwartz opens his box. Cause I loaded him up. Nice. Oh did, man. Did y'all no. see the, uh, the Great Lakes Avengers, uh, commission he did for me? No, I didn't. Where was yeah, that? Yeah, so you never go in the monkey room, but, very, uh, or the artist, or artist Alley Vince. Uh, yeah, he, he did a Great Lakes Avengers commission for me and he posted it on the, on our, on our, uh, on our forum, but he, I just got the, uh, the hard copy today. It's freaking amazing, dude. This cat, it's just, I'll tell you what, man, talk about like arbitrage, price arbitrage. The prices he's been charging for commissions are just like ridiculous because he's, he's, you know, uh, he's just trying to get his name out there and, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to know him already. So yeah. I have taken advantage. I've already gotten two team pieces done by him and have already procured a order in a third. Um, and, uh, and these are not like, I, I have tons of, of great pinup commissions that I love that are just, you know, straight up drawings of a figure, but these are, you know, full, full, you know, scenes. These are, you know, yeah. in action team pictures that, you know, it's a, the, he did the first one of the uh, Serpent Society for me. Uh, and this one is, like I said, Great Lakes Avengers. And, uh, the next one is, uh, Excalibur. So he's just killing it. Nice. Uh, I just, it, and uh, I highly recommend if you're, 
a lot of people on our forums and listeners I know are, are intrigued by original art, but but don't know where to start, and some are put off by the prices. So I would recommend if you're um, interested and and you want a sort of a a pre vetted product that's very reasonably priced, then you should go to oceanverse.com, uh, which is Mike's site, and he has right on there you can order commission, and uh, it is well well worth it. Well oh, worth yeah. it. Mr. Neesman, anybody else have a thank you? I got, I got one. I'm, you know okay. what? It's, I'm gonna save it. Okay. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for next week because it's a good friend of ours and it's maybe the coolest um, Christmas present I've ever gotten. And oh my god! So, so you can't leave us dangling like that. No. Well, it, no. Well, you're it's, gonna. It's awesome. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you. All down. right. Why don't you uh, bring up the spaceman here? Oh yeah, let's talk spaceman. Um, let me grab it. All right. I told you guys, uh, I am just like swimming in, in Rizzo right now. And he, uh, the, the first time I, uh, was exposed to Eduardo Rizzo's art, it was with he and Brian Azzarillo in a hundred bullets. And this is the, um, uh, the first series that they've done post, a hundred bullets together. Well, yeah, I guess, but I guess you could say that the, the Wednesday comics, they did the, the Batman story in Wednesday comics. Uh, I don't know if that was after hundred bullets concluded. What, whatever. This is the, the, the first, uh, the first kind of, uh, larger series that they did. And it was nine issues. It was put out by Vertigo, uh, here about a year back. And the, uh, the deluxe hardcover of it just came out about a, oh, a month or so ago. And I picked it up. It was one of those things Vince and I talked about it a couple weeks ago that you know, read the first issue and it's like, yep, this is going to be the kind of book that I'm going to want collected and to sit down and, and, and read it all together and not as, uh, not, not, not as a monthly. Azarillo stuff sometimes can, can who is, what, it's who's David. unwrapping something? No, it it's isn't. David. No, it isn't. Oh, it's Wood. Wow. Sorry, I thought I was on mute. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> over there Peter David Fifth the Avenue or something. Um no, he must I'm actually wrapping y'all's gifts so I can have Oh snap. Oh, okay. Uh I think uh I think Wood would probably agree with this. He's also read hundred bullets that Azarillo stuff can get very complicated in a in a good way. That sometimes it's rough if you read it from month to month because it's hard to keep all of the players connected and, and know where everybody is. So um, Spaceman had a little bit of that. Uh, it wasn't quite as as detailed and uh, involved as 100 Bullets. Uh, the, 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 whole, the whole setting is that it is um, you know, very much a, a dystopian future. It's, it's set um, it's set in, in our future and there are uh, it's a lot of commentary. And it's something that I'm not used to from Azarillo's work. I loved it. But as you read it, I mean, there's a crime story. It's about a kidnapping and multiple people that are after this this person who has been kidnapped and it's a celebrity. But the commentary in this in this book is really where it's at. It has uh, the the person who's kidnapped is uh, uh, a star, a child star on a reality TV show. And so it kind of delves into kind of the future of, of what reality TV 
you know, could be like. And it's, you know, it's reality TV is already wild enough a, as it is now. And, uh, and so it, it definitely touches on that. And, uh, our, our culture's kind of insatiable need to, to consume the drama of other people's lives and, and how powerful that can be in, in a culture and a society. Um, so it's got that commentary. There's also where they live. It, um, all of the coastal cities are are very white Venice now. They're all um, the the coastlines have have moved in, and so like New York is um, not underwater, but you know it is. It's a flooded city, and so all of the poor people seem to live on the coast now. And the people of means live inland where it's dry in the dry areas of the, of the country. So there's been like this big dynamic shift in the country. And, and so, uh, the, the, the coast are now not wasteland, but it's, you know, the, it's basically where the country's poor lives. And so there's like commentary on like global warming and socioeconomic stuff. And then there's, uh, um, you know, beyond that, the main character is a spaceman and his name is, is, is Orson and he is a genetically engineered man who was, uh, he and I forget how many of his brothers, I, I think it was, it was nine of them, um, were, uh, genetically engineered to survive the, the trip to and then back from Mars. And they, there's a whole second flashback story about what happened on Mars with these, with these spacemen and, uh, um, things went poorly and the politics of things changed and they came back after being kind of pseudo celebrities themselves, these, these biologically engineered astronauts and they came back and, um, were kind of almost like pariahs. So Orson's had to, um, basically survive as a trash man in this, uh, not post-apocalyptic, but certainly, you know, uh, dystopian, um, uh, East Coast. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. I mean, it's, there's so much, there's so many layers to this. There's so much stuff going on, but like most Azarillo works, there's that one, uh, baseline of the story that you can follow that, that keeps you, um, keeps you centered there's you know a fantastic crime story to this that you can follow and enjoy and 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 follow that plot you know a to b to c but there's so much commentary on um on just all all of those things that it was it was i i need to go back and read it again to kind of fully uh appreciate it but uh yeah it's it's fantastic vince i think it's like a it's like a swimming pool Yes. You, you can live it up in the shallow end if you want. I mean, if that makes you happy, but if you're in the mood, you can go deeper. Yep. It's an onion. Like but an it's, onion. it's an ogre. It's an but, you know, I, I love it when I'm forced to dust off that, that lazy part of my brain, yep. which is pretty much all of it. And, uh, you know, do some mental calisthenics. William Burroughs is my favorite author, right? So I love that creative wordplay and from what i've seen in the first issue of spaceman there's a lot of that kind of spirit 
uh, to the work that, that messing around with language and, and, yeah, you know, combining in words and, and, you know, new speak. I, I, I love that when authors well, do you, that. Well, th- this is your book then. And that, that's yeah. the one, um, uh, I, I had no problem with the dialect in it, but I've seen some online reviews by some people that, um, don't, I, this sounds Lazy terrible. people? People that don't like to be challenged. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, but I think also some of it could just be that we're, I, I will exchange texts with my sister and I will actually form real fucking words and, and she'll come back with me with, are you kidding later with an eight? And it's, and, and it's just, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, it's like, okay, I, I get, I get oh. hit. Wait, so, so you, so you mean that the, that the dialect change and all of the, the truncated sayings and words could be a commentary on our, our, our fascination with text speak? Yeah, it's a language well, unto itself. It really is. <laughs> yeah. I've read the first three issues and then I, I kind of came to the conclusion that you did, Chris, I just thought like, ah, oh, this is just cause the, I was reading it like, I read each one like every like two three months, and I was like, "All right, I forgot what happened in the last issue," so I was like, "All right, let me just wait for all of them to come, and then I'll read them all in one sitting, like I would a trade." But um, I have to say, I, I generally think it's I'm okay with 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 um, you know playing with the convention of speech too, and I think if done right, it can be interesting. Yes, but I don't know that I would condemn someone who doesn't care for that. I mean, I don't particularly care for no, no. subtitled films. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate that they can be good, or I haven't seen some that I like. But I just don't. I find it often distracting, and it keeps me from enjoying the sensory, you know, the the sensor, the, the total sensory sort of uh, over overload that you would want to see when you're immersed in a film. So similarly, I could see how someone like had to read each balloon and literally like sound out what he's saying that yeah, it might not be as entertaining. Again, it, it, I'm with you guys; it was fine for me. Like I didn't have trouble reading it, but but I, other people's brains work differently, so I, I don't. I guess I'm saying I don't know that I would say people are well, lazy because they don't enjoy it. I, I well, can see it. no, no, no. It's it's I, I wouldn't call them lazy. It's it's the the way I've seen it critiqued is little a little short sighted in in how yeah you know, I, I think it was pretty brilliant because there's there is a language to this book that you need to that you need to learn and right. it's. Um, it's one of those things that I think lends itself to sitting down and reading it um, together because it to to go from reading one thing to reading this the the dialect shift takes some getting used to and it doesn't it it takes a while for your brain to kind of click and there's a language to it there are words that that are used that that carry meaning to it you know it's like you know well you know I would say you know I you know they replace the word think with brain, you know, um, I brain that Brian Nizarillo is a great writer, you know? And so that translates, I think he's a great writer. Um, so there's this whole dialect and, and language shift and to read that an issue at a time can get a little, a little cumbersome, but once you kind of immerse yourself into it, you become very adept at, at reading. Uh, well, that's the whole thing, yeah. isn't it? You, you have to immerse yourself into it because yeah. it, it's, it's a world completely different from the one in which you live, right? If, if Azarello's goal is to set up an environment that's alien to the here and now, why should he give you crib, uh, you know, uh, Cliff's notes? You gotta, you gotta throw yourself into it, right? Yeah. In, in a similar vein, I love it when 
and, and I, it, I just encountered it in a book maybe last week. I, I can't remember what title it was, but there was two pages that the dialogue was in another language. I believe it was German. Mm-hmm. And it was not translated for the reader. And what I did was I fired up the old Google and I yeah. typed it in and, and I translated it because, yeah. you know, you can't expect it to be, to be, do, do a little bit of work. I mean, if, if, if this section of the book takes place in Germany, well, of course they'd be speaking German. And to translate it, see, that's part of what, what Wood's distraction is. If you have to go down to the bottom of the panel and, and, and read a translation or they say translated from the German, yeah, that's nice, but it's mm-hmm. not as authentic as if the characters were actually speaking in German, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I agree. If you're walking down the street and someone's, you know, it's, you know, we've all, we all have been to big, you know, metropolitan cities. I live in one, you know, Wood works in one, you know, David lives right outside of one. Vince is from Scranton. Uh, <laughs> we talked to cows. You know, yeah, you walk down the street and you hear people speak in a different language. There's, there's no narrator there to say that they would like to go and get a cup of coffee. You know, right. it's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely, it's, it's life. And whenever it's not translated, that is kind of, it gives you that POV of of what it's like to be in that scene with no one is there to translate. So I yeah, I I actually I, I like having to work for a translation. I had no problem with that. Me too. But that's not to say those that don't like to work for it are wrong. No, no, but it's you know some no and I didn't say they were wrong. And I didn't no, but wrong. I kinda did. No, yeah. <laughs> that's I'm covering mm-hmm. covering my ass a little bit. Yeah, so some people don't you know s- comics that's one of the things that's great about comics is that it can be an almost passive medium. It's not because you have to read, you have to turn the page, you for the for a lot of it you kind of pace things. That's what is kind of cool about comics. But a lot of people like their comics to be a lot more passive. And, and just kind of, you know, here, take me by the hand and, and, you know, tell me the story. And there's nothing wrong with that. But comics are a bigger medium than that and they can make you work. And there are, there are writers and artists that will encourage you or sometimes require you to work a little bit harder. There was, uh, what was the book, uh, Ex Libris? That's why that was one of my favorite books when it was coming out. It's, it's with the, the, the commentary that went along with it. It, it allowed you to get a much more immersive experience with it. But that, know? that's not too far removed from reading, say, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Exactly. I would guarantee you that the majority of the readers do not pick up on all of the nuggets, more berries in there. I don't pick up on half of them. No, but that's why when I, when it, my favorite book of all time. It's because you got to work at it. You got to, you know, sc- read, scour the internet, look up some of those terms and names that you're unfamiliar with. And then, then the door opens and you're like, Oh, that's what he's trying to say. Well, you know how I said this has, this has the baseline crime story of this, of this kidnapping. So you can read this and you can just go A to B to C to D and, and follow the story. And there's this great, there's this great crime story. And that's, that's, that's great. Or you can really try and immerse yourself and, and, and track things down. That is, you know, we talk about Watchmen a lot. 
And that's, I think, why Watchmen stands as one of the, if not the greatest, you know, comic work of all time is that it works on so many levels. You can read it as the crime story. I mean, that's, it's a murder mystery, but then it gets really deep and layered and has so much, you know, stuff working with it. Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is, is the same way. It's, pretty easy to follow a story but there's so much material there to dive into if you if you want to and choose your own adventure pretty much yeah yeah why don't we choose a couple of tweets before we move on all right good. Good. well we should choose ones that don't involve you answering because you're fuzzy right now yeah mm-hmm. go Jason. <laughs> uh christopher yes uh well let's see um oh look at that David posted the uh, picture of Nook on uh, Twitter in the EOC live tweet uh, it's, it's awesome wow it's beautiful uh okay so since Days of Future Past is being made into a movie what other classic comic arc would you want to see adapted to film that's by Mr Tom Morris and for those that don't know Days of Future Past is the next uh the next X Men uh movie is so that they're it's adapting X-Men, that. it's uh, X Men First Class Two basically yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right because exactly. they're bringing a lot of the the same characters back yeah, uh, yeah. or same actors back. Um, so what classic comic arc would you want to see adapted to film? <sighs> Even though Vince is crackly, we know what he would say. Commandy, last boy on Earth. So we can. Well, they already did that. It's called Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> With Mark uh, and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Judas contract. Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say that. That's, that's good. Uh, I think, uh, I think Old Man Logan would be a lot of fun. It would be. It'd be high budget film. <laughs> be a oh. big budget movie. Um, oh. having a Venom T Rex chase after you. That'd uh, be awesome. Would be. Uh, let's see. Um, classic arc that they could turn into a. Uh, could, see, secret invasion. No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> they could just turn uh, torment into one of those eight-minute DC shorts at the beginning oh, of the DVD. Oh snap! Uh, um, it'll never happen, but I would love like to see Secret Wars turned into a movie. Secret Wars would be great. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. uh, well, actually, no, it would probably be a fucking train wreck. But uh, <laughs> no, that would be uh, that would be kind of neat. Um, guy, you know, you get into the whole classic, um, you know, define classic is, is kind of the, kind of the hard, the hard part. Um, hard traveling heroes. It would be, that would be strange, I think. It, it, yeah, it would also be, it, it would, it would be of its time. It would, I mean, they, it, it would definitely be a period piece. Am I still crackly? No, you're good. You're good. Can I refine my answer? Because, sure. You know, that's the, the go-to book whenever someone asks me a question. Yeah, Commandy. I would have to say I would not want to see any comic book movies because as you guys know, I don't like them. As, uh, pretty much as a rule, I, I don't like them. I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Avengers was fun. But, yeah. but a good movie? Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't like to see my favorite comic books translated see, I don't, to the big I, screen. I've, I've, I've come to the, I actually talked to my coworker the other day and, and he asked me, you know, how did I feel about, yes, who won't be my minion much longer. I know you're upset about that. I am. I'm all but hurt. The, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, um, is that a workaholics reference? <laughs> no, but he asked me that. I've never watched that show. Um, so I've, I, I, yeah, it, it's, he told me I need to, 
recorded an episode to watch it. Yes. But um, the uh, he, he was asking me about Avengers and and you know he was asking me about Hulk specifically and oh, some it. of the things he's been through at, in the comics and, and how is that different from the movie things like that. And I, I explained to him that I'm I am past the point of worrying of stressing over whether or not they're going to try to stay literal to the source material. They did that with Simpsons. Yeah, with you. It was yeah. good. So I, I don't need... I, I have the comic. Some things exist. You I really I don't around. like Sin City? I, I don't like the fact that it was it was a moving comic book. I, I, I watch movies... So that I don't, I, yeah, I'd like to see. Oh, okay. Why did why did they change Spidey's outfit? Why did you know why why did they why didn't Joe chill? That whole thing, and, and, and there are just certain things that you kind of hope that they stay true. Like this, I, I love the way people are reacting to Kevin Costner as Pa Kent, telling Clark, maybe you should have let the bus stay in the water and the kids die. You know, I mean, it, it's there are some things that don't have to stay. So, so true, but if you're adapting, and that's the key word, if you're adapting something for a different medium, it doesn't have to, I, I can read the comic. The comic is, is the purest form. I can go back and read the original source material. It's the same thing when they, you know, if they adapt Return of the Jedi into four issues, a, a limited series, when, when Marvel had the license back in the day. Return of the Jedi is a, a fun movie to watch, but when you see, even though it's it's Ed Williamson on the art and and it's 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 a pretty comic book, you just kind of maybe lose a little bit from what you see on the screen as it's moving. So some things are just designed for the medium they were intended to be in, and and I don't need to know that you know it it's it's fine that the Kingpin in the Daredevil movie is a big black dude. I, that doesn't bother me. I don't, I, I'm, I'm over the fact that why did they have to change that? Why isn't that just like the comic books? So read the comic book. That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even, I don't need don't, to make the movies at all. No, you're right. And, and I, and I get that, but, but some people will take what you just said and say, I don't need, why do they have to make the comic book movie if they're not going to make it just like the comic? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't worry about that either. I'm with you. It, you know, life's too short to obsess over that. If he, if King Pin's black, he's black. Big deal. Watch the movie or don't watch the movie. I yeah, don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Right? Um, I got one. Uh, planetary. Ooh, talk about oh. big budget. Wow. Hey, man, think aim big. Uh, I would like to see that as an animated feature. That'd be really cool. I would like to see it as anything feature. <laughs> <laughs> I want anything. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I just laughed at Gabriel Hardman. I'm sorry. Because he's reading The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And he says, let's just hope this book isn't filled with elves and shit. Thank you, Gabriel. You made my night. Uh, let's do another one. Uh, okay. Unless we have some, some follow-up on the movie. No, let's go for it. No, go for it. Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, what, um, Jerry McDade asks, uh, sci-fi was a breakout genre this year. What's next? What does he mean by that? What's the next breakout genre? I guess. What does he mean by sci-fi was a breakout genre? In what? It's just one sentence, Chris. I don't know. (laughs) That's that's like, you know, people wore black shoes this year. 
Um, I, I think. I don't know what that means. I, I would like to see a, a ret- I know it's not going to happen, but I would just like to see a return to good old fashioned, self-contained, meaty, chunky superhero stories. And, uh, I'll springboard off that answer and say, I, I want to talk Valiant with you guys tonight. Let's do it. And see, so, so thank you, Gary McDade. I think it's ready for a return to romance comics. Yeah, that would work because, uh, as, uh, IDW has shown, there is a significant audience out there of women. Well, young women. Look at that, my little pony. That thing just took the hell off. Oh Let's not go down that fucking really road. Well, no, yeah. really. It's, there's, there's an audience uh, why, out there. Why you gotta pick a scab? It's not my scab. But anyway, um, I read everything that Valiant, the new Valiant, Valiant 2012 has published to date. And I uh, got as, I, as long as you don't include yesterday. Right. I didn't read Bloodshot Six, was it? But yeah. I read everything else. And the, and I, I'm not trying to poke a bear or or um cast other companies in a bad light by comparing them. But I gotta say, if all comic books were like these Valiant books, I would buy a hell of a lot more big too. Even without solar. Even without solar, yeah. It, I'm t- oh, let's not get into that. But anyway, it's not valuable. Yeah, it, there's still something missing. But anyway, uh, to, in, in for my money, how many issues did I read? Uh, six? Uh, no, five of Archer and Armstrong. Twenty. So let's say like twenty some books. Yeah. This is far more of a home run to me than the new 52 was and i enjoyed the new 52 this is the way i want to see comic books done well how many what's the long all right we went back and read the 12 issues of wonder woman but how many how many of the new 52 what's the longest run you've read of new 52 books omac has lasted eight issues yeah i read all of omac the the longest run i read batman probably i'm still reading batman yeah same here batman and wonder woman are the only two i'm still reading none Um, of them compelled me i mean i left deathstroke was very compelling until the creative team switched and then they lost me but um uh, line wide none of the books hooked me in I'm sorry. I'm still reading All Star Western. I'm enjoying Supergirl because obviously it's a mock mood first. Well, the art, yeah, it's great. Right. But, I mean, that's the thing. So, I, I I agree with you completely, Vince. Every because I I did go back and and you needled me to go back to Harbinger. the book that I was done with, and I also yeah, that was Harbinger, and I also did go back and catch up on EXO. So I will say that yeah. At, Every title they are doing, uh, the Valiant is publishing. I am interested in seeing the next issue. Oh yeah, it's and it's uh, so exciting though. Well, yeah, and I, I would agree, but I also think again, you're it, it's sort of they're they're less burdened. Uh, I just don't think it's just apples and oranges to me, like comparing it in the sense that um, again, that it's not one of the reasons you're enjoying it is because it's not burdened by the same sense of. The needing to keep a status quo for decades that that the big nah, two has. not exactly. The reason I'm enjoying these so much is the stories are paced in a manner that we haven't seen in a long time. The, a single issue of Archer and Armstrong is like three, four issues of a big. Yeah, two I book. definitely agree with that because I, I I talked about uh, and we uh, said that Bloodshot moves at a pretty quick. Yeah, oh my Bloodshot god! Yeah, exactly. And then I read um, in its space in this conversation. I read all of Harbinger this week. Uh, caught up on Archer and Armstrong. 
read the first issue of Shadow Man. Um, I think there's two out already, right? But I yes. read the first yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I have not read Echo Back and Red XO, and that's simply because I just genuinely didn't enjoy the first issue at all. Which you I, will, I, you I will. think you'll like the second arc, okay. Jason. Okay. Um, it's it's present day, and and um, it's got a guest star. Garbage, the pencils. They're they're, <laughs> they're introducing a new character. Um, there there are, and some of it is happening. All right, I don't want to get into EXO because Jason hasn't read it. But but say for Archer and Armstrong. I did not expect that first arc to end the way it did. No. I expected some of those characters to go on a little bit longer and be thorns in, in people's sides and things like that. Things are, it, things are a little unpredictable with, with this new Valiant. And, and, and I'm, and I have no problem with that. And, and. I mean, quick straw poll of all of us. What's, what's your favorite of the, of the book so far, if you have? Ooh, ooh. Oh. Uh, my, my ranking from, from one to five. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, five. Number one, top. For me, Archer and Armstrong. Followed by, um, Bloodshot. Then, I think I'll, I'll say, uh, this is for Vince, Harbinger. <laughs> then Exo. Pete Stanchek then, is laughing at you. And, uh. How you like me now? <laughs> uh, well, that's alright, I'll be, I'll get with Chris. Um, <laughs> and and it's I like Shadow Man. There's just something a little off for oh, me at the moment with two issues in, and then maybe Jason and I can get into that after he reads the second issue. But um, number four would would be EXO for me. Wow. Well, uh, it, you know, if Jason asked this question three days ago, my answer would be totally different. Okay. Go ahead. What's your favorite, Jason? Oh, um, well, uh, again, I haven't reread EXO, so that's gotta be by default the lo- lowest rank, just cause I didn't like the first issue and haven't read any more. Um, Shadow Man would be my number four. Um, again, I've only read the first issue, and, uh, as David alluded, I, I just, uh, I'm generally a fan of this guy's work, or at least I have historically, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel that this was Patrick Zercher's best. Um, uh, you disagree. <laughs> the, the writing's off for me a little bit too with that. And wow, you I, disagree, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's a little, I knew it, I knew this was coming though. <laughs> really? Yeah, I knew Holy it shit. You, yeah. you really, like, you like it that much that you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shadow Man, wow, I think it's, yeah, it's not, not feeling for me at all. Um, uh, wow, it's like baffled that you're baffled that I said that. Uh, number three for me would, uh, would be Archer and Armstrong. Uh, number two would be Bloodshot and number one would be Harbinger. Wow. Okay. Now, see, I, I wavered between a bunch of titles. I, I read um, Harbinger first, and I loved it. I thought, oh, my God, I don't see how any of the books are going to be as good as this. <laughs> and, and then and then I read uh, XO, and I thought, okay, it's I like it a lot, but I still think Harbinger's better. Um, then I read Shadow Man. I was like, dude, this is the best one. I love this book. It's right smack dab in my parking slot. I, I love Shadow Man, the art, I thought the story was great. It, it pushed all the right buttons with me. And then I read, uh, Archer and Armstrong, which I think is head and shoulders above all of them. I, I, Archer and Armstrong is definitely the best book. Oh. And yeah, uh, and, and then, uh, just before we recorded, I read all of Bloodshot and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I would have to slide that some, I, I would call Bloodshot, mm, Number three. See, it's it's hard to list them because I, I I do love Harbinger and I and I like um 
Shadow Man a real lot. So I, I, but I don't know which one of those two I would say is better. So I'm gonna just gonna say I like Archer and Armstrong at the top, and then you can shuffle them as you as you see fit because I think they're all really top notch books. But there's something about Archer and Armstrong. Uh, Van Lenti just infuses that story with so much humor and characterization. I mean, yeah. th- th- those characters uh, are are living and breathing, and they're real to me. Yeah. Uh, but I gotta say. As I'm going through it, and uh, Armstrong, every time he enters the panel, God help me. I know he's not the same physical body type, but I see freaking Mike Norton whenever Armstrong. Do you really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I, I see Bo Smith. Okay. Yeah. I I, I just just the the the, the facial That's expressions. I I see Norton. Give a thing so, That's yeah. I see I see Armstrong. <laughs> Nice. But the the whole thing with the with the the Nazi uh, Hitler llamas and and them tapping into the Akashic records and I mean it's just all that's all my stuff. Sister you know? Tommy was fantastic. Oh, yeah. that that whole yeah that, that whole thing in 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 Rome at the Sistine Chapel and everything. I it, it's it was beautiful. Yeah. And and did you see did, did you did you see the sound effect in in the fourth issue where when 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 um. Archer went to uh, punch the boon. Hmm. The sound effect was crack a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> all spelled out and all O's. Well, you know, you know, Mr. Van from the Hercules days. Mr. Yep. Van Lenty loves yep. that. Yep. Stuff. But I, I, I looked back to look at other sound effects, and nothing stood out as as much as as crack a bathroom. But they are not keeping the characters close to the vest. I mean, already. We've seen, uh, Ivar. We've seen, uh, um, Galad is in it now. Uh, there's a, that, that previous Geomancer that uh, they're not squeaking them out like every third or fourth issue. These things move at a really quick pace. Right. right. Yeah. And I love that. That's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying them so much. Um, it's, it's, it's value and they seem to be longer. Are they longer than 22 pages? Uh, because the, uh, because of the digital exclusive and, and they have the, I, I think if I look at Comixology and I, I'm looking at, um, how many pages, like say Archer is, it would be 35 pages, but that's, that the double page spreads, I think, are, are count as one. And then you have, um, you have the pencil or pencil and ink pages. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and lately they, almost every issue has a preview to right. another. Yeah, so and and I really appreciate that as well. Yeah, the, the recap page is very helpful. I mean, it didn't matter this past because I've re- I basically read everything at once. But if if I read these in a in a monthly uh, fashion, I w- I would very much appreciate those. Um, and here's a question: Which of these do you think is the pretty most far apart in terms of quality from the original? Versions of these. Hmm. Well, Exo had Layton originally. Um, Bloodshot, I think. Yeah, that would to me be the easy one because I was I, this Bloodshot I love. I don't know that I was gets I love the old Bloodshot. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah. and I'm a fan of Don Perlin, and I, I I was when he was at Marvel before he worked for Valiant. But yeah, there's it. It, it was. Um, it's definitely they're coming at it. I mean, you have you have at, at times two different artists on on the book with the flashbacks and and mm-hmm. 
this last issue, issue six, Vince, you're going to, you're, it, it's going to be something when you do read it. Cause it's, okay. I mean, there, there are things that, and, and, and Garcia's art is just, I mean, the things you talk about Archer and Armstrong and how the characters feel like they're three dimensional and, and, but the way Garcia draws bloodshot as he's, as he's running through the complex and, and what's happening to him as he's going through it and, and, and the other characters he's meeting up against. I mean, Garcia has Bloodshot's body doing things that it, it's not like. You've got to be careful though, because some of that may be Arturo Lozzi. Arturo Lozzi does the does the line the, work. The, no, he does the um when in the first issue where Ray was talking to the general. Right, he does the to, to to the scene in the desert. Yeah, Garcia did the desert. Lozzi yeah. did it. right. So so in, no, wait, wait, wait. So. Garcia is the the traditional black and white line work, whereas the other, the other one is more CGI. Okay, yeah. See, I like the the line work in, in yes, a lot right. more. Yeah, and there's and and there's pretty much nothing but line work in the sixth issue. Oh, great! And now here's a question: um, What do you think is the prettiest book? Oh, it uh, um um. Actually, that, that last issue of Harbinger was nice. We're focused on Chris. Mm-hmm. Briones did a real nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so, ten- I, I, I love what Clayton Henry's doing, especially with Maria Maria, Mary Maria. Um, I, I would say, yeah, Archer and Armstrong for me. Hmm. I think it's a tough call and, and it's one I thought about all day. Uh, I think, it's it's a narrow narrow margin because they're all really really beautifully illustrated books, and that's another tick in there. The plus column, they all look great. There there there's no they no don't sh- sacrifice. They do. They, that's the thing. This is a really well put together right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By it's, 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 it's books when they originally came out looked great. Mm-hmm. Story was shit, and and then you could have other, and then you have like you know, um, I don't want to say, brother. It, it there, there are times where you could have a strong strong writing team and 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 it doesn't look as sharp so right. but and this, this is this is on un, so uncharacteristic of of new launch companies because you'll always have that one maybe two books that falter you know maybe we got to get another guy on here because this yeah. guy can't handle the deadlines or but right across the board they're all really beautiful books but i gotta go with bloodshot as the best looking book just for manuel garcia's art i think he's phenomenal mm-hmm. Oh, he is. Absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I would give a slight, slight edge to Archer and Armstrong, but, but I, I agree. I, Bloodshot's been the most surprising book for me. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I didn't, like, I just, I didn't, uh, I, you know, if Comicsology hadn't had that sale, I don't think I would. <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, I mean, I just wouldn't, like, I, you know, there were 99 cents, so I'm like, okay, sure, you know. And Comicsology, by the way, is being really smart with these sales. Like, I, I, they're creating this impulse buy, uh, thing for, for comics, which is, I think, really smart. That's what it should be. That's what Exactly. It's how it used to be. impulse buys. You go to the store and you, you just, you know, you see stuff on the rack and just grab it, and, and I think the price point has made that almost impossible for most people now, and, and comics are just getting that back. So, uh, you know, Bloodshot, again, I and mean, this is a classic case, I would probably have not read it uh, at all, and instead I, I read the entire, you know, first arc and loved it, and will gladly keep reading it now at, at, at 
you know, at full price or at least, yeah. you know, DCBS price. Um, oh, actually, so, Comixology, I don't, on Twitter, Comixology, um, just, uh, just tweeted, grab your free Archer and Armstrong number one. Oh, there you go. It. Yeah. yeah. Do it, definitely. But, but, uh, but I would just say, but, so in terms of surprising and, and, and the most surprisingly enjoyable, which makes it feel even more enjoyable than it otherwise would, Bloodshot, but, but in terms of, if I'm like lining them up against each other, like which of the books so far would I want to own a page from? Archer and Armstrong. Hmm. I have no fear in admitting that I think Bloodshot number one is one of the best first issues I've ever seen. It's great. Yeah. It's great. It was a great issue. It's, it's exactly what you need to do with, you know, a, a character that, I'm sure some people, you know, are familiar with from back in the day, but it, you need to, you know. And, you know, we have to, we have to give props. So th- this year is, is kind of shaping up to be one of those years where some of these, you know, secondary, you know, 90s properties were really redone well. And, and like, you know, same thing with, um, you know, the stuff like like Profit and Glory, you know, they mm-hmm. it, it, different kind of things. They're reimagining them entirely, almost making them like like indie books in terms of the sensibility, but but really well done too, you know, like just, just making taking these characters that, I kind of had typified in some people's eyes like a, a stale state for the market um, and sort of a sign of the times and I think really re-energizing them by putting out high-quality uh, work, you know, with great writing and great art. It, 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 they're making it look easy, right? It makes right. you wonder like what all these other like mm-hmm. like 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 lower-tier companies that, that have pretty consistent uh, output, like what, what are they doing? Like why can't they find artists well, that – Hopefully can, they're taking notes. You know? Yeah. And we got a Jason Pearson cover on, on yes. Archer and Armstrong. That was four. That's a great cover. Yeah, it is. It's nice. That's another thing. Um, we, we should uh, wrap it up because we've been going on, and rightly so, about this for a while. But uh, the covers are spectacular. They're really eye-grabbing. They, they just, Yeah, they are. Love it. I, I Yeah, oh. I, I, I think the EXO covers are really strong. All of them are strong. But anyway, yeah, if you're not reading Valiant, people, you should really do so. Oh. because Here's you're... a great, great live tweet question. Do it. And it'll, it'll bring Chris right back into the conversation. Uh, <laughs> from from uh, Andrew uh, Winter, uh, known as Winter Scrap, um, what alcoholic beverage would your favorite comic characters drink? That's mm-hmm. great. I think that's a great question. How apropos for us. Uh, okay, we'll we'll shoot it. Shoot, um, uh, give give a character, and we'll and we'll pair a drink with them. Well, your favorite. So I, don't, I mean, for you, I mean, it would be what it would be like uh, the the Queen of Country people, or uh, they drink anyway. Or yeah, part, uh, uh, Tara. Yeah, but that's pretty easy. Tara drinks scotch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well, my favorite characters are. Well, obviously Wolverine, and he would drink beer certainly because he does drink beer. And all so, the time. what would, what would Devil would Dinosaur drink? Uh, like water? <laughs> Blood. As I was going to say, Man Thing drinks murky, brackish water. That's what he know. drinks all the time. Swampy. I think, Dead no, I think, I think Man Thing drink a uh, highball. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no lips. Yeah. So, Deadpool drink Jaeger bombs, I think. Uh, uh, Domino? Man, you know, I think she would drink, uh, I think Domino would drink like a, a like a, Bordeaux. Oh no! Like she likes the blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think she would just. I think she'd be more like a straight up like ice cold vodka. Just shots of ice cold vodka. That's Natasha. You know she's swollen up. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah, I mean Natasha. She do. She'll drink whatever she needs to. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess Anna would drink coconut milk. <laughs> um, uh, so she would, if she was drinking an alcoholic version, she'd drink maybe like, uh, like a 
Captain Morgan and coconut milk, uh, yeah. little mixture. Um, Black Panther, he would drink like Chateau Lafitte. No, would, man. Yeah. And hurricanes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, hurricanes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> rizzle. Yeah. So, uh, dude, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That's fun. I like that. that. David, you didn't do any? No, because I've been well. No, I well Captain America with the O'Doul's, but the um, there's oh, Cap, Cap would be a Budweiser man. Ooh, mud butt. Hey, <laughs> Budweiser gives you the mud butt, dude. Gives you the mud butt. <laughs> no, no, no. Cat, Cat would drink PBR. He'd drink the red, white, and blue. Nice. Wouldn't he drink Yingling because it's America's oldest brewery? No. He should if he was a real man. Yeah. No, it's from Pennsylvania. He wouldn't drink that shit. <laughs> Keystone State. Come on. America was founded here. We spread it all out. That's what we did. <laughs> Rental you. Like ass. Here's one from Gobo, or not Gobo, Gordo, yeah, our buddy Gordo. Oh, Gordo? Oh. Which genre do you dismiss outright? I have None. had a hard time with Criminal and other ones, even if the art's nice. I know, it's kind of negative, but uh, what genre just doesn't click with us? That's that's fairly obvious, for, but we should go into it. What the heck? What genre? I don't, at this point, I don't think there is any. I don't like well, racing yeah, comics. Yeah, well, I, I kind of, I kind of, jo- I joked earlier, um, romance comics. Oh, it, it, romance comics would be a, a hard sell for me. You know, I, I would say probably if I had, like, I'm, I don't think there is one in particular, but I think if I had to pick one, um, it'd be war comics. I, I, I don't have the same. Yes. Yeah. Back in the fair. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm quite, I'm just as likely to dislike or find a war comic boring. As I am to enjoy it. I mean, there's plenty of war comics I've enjoyed, both classic and and more modern. So I, I don't. It's not like a genre. Yeah. But there's plenty of that I'm like, eh. Like I don't really see it. Like, like I don't. The older stuff, like even like the old, like that. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna see me getting the, you know, the the EC archives of like the war stuff. Like that's just not. Just, you really should, though. No, no. But again, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a condemnation of the work. I reckon, but it's just the stories don't interest me. I feel like. I've been there, done that with them, and I don't, it just doesn't intrigue me enough. Like, I, I've seen it, like, I, they just feel very, fam- like, similar to me, like, guys in the bunker, you know, uh, enemy ace, like, it, it, it's just all, I'm like, okay, I, I, there's not, like, okay. I feel like I've, I've that's been, fair. That's fair. Well, the, well, the good war stories aren't really about the war. They're about the people fighting in them. Like, like, uh, there's, a multitude of Sergeant Rock stories that the wars mean merely just like a backdrop among these these uh, character well, interactions. For some reason, war comics in general, that setting is more likely to make me disinterested than other other types of settings. That's oh. all. You yeah. buy the Nam? Loved the Nam, actually. Michael Golden, hmm. Larry Hamlet. Back, yeah, that's true. Back How about you with GI Joe? GI Joe's a war comic. Oh please! No, it's not, dude. It's a superhero comic with it guys is. that are in the uh, that are uh, that are in the war military. on terror. It's the war on terror. War on terror. Nah, dude. Back in the day, for me, it was probably mostly Western, like especially when 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 Marvel would have the reprints. It's like, oh, good, Two Gun Kid. <laughs> I had to I had to learn the, to love the westerns too. But yes, the, there's one man that made it extremely easy for me to to slip into the genre. John Severn. John Severn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
But I, I, you know, I learned my lesson. I would have said right off the top of my head, espionage comics, spy comics. Mm-hmm. But Chris has taught me through Parker that that's kind of uh-huh. a lunk, lunk-headed approach. So mm-hmm. now I give I give espionage a fair shake. I wouldn't. Well, see, and, and uh, the Parker really those so. aren't really espionage. Yeah, no, I mean those are those, those are crime yeah. comics. It's the first um, step, though. First step. It's, it's a first step. I, I would say. Um, um, See, the Homeland Directive is probably a good entry point that. for you just because, um, Huddleston's art is so freaking good in that. Amazing. Um, uh, Matt Kent's, um, um, management? No, I'm gonna oh, no, draw, oh. I'm gonna draw a freaking blank on it. The, the dossiers. Yeah, uh, super, where is it? I gotta turn around super here. Super spy, right? Super spy, yeah. Super yeah. spy, super spy. Um, <laughs> you would like super spy because Kent's art is, is beautiful. And it's all and, over the place. It's not linear. Yeah. And it, it's got that, it's got that kind of, um, romanticized World War II era espionage. So it's not, it's not a modern day, you know, like Queen and Country where it's dealing with, you know, Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's, it's more like, you know, French resistance type stuff. So, um, yeah, the Super Spy, it would be, I think, more up your alley. See, that's one that rewards you if you pay attention as you read it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's Kent's masterpiece. Ooh, I gotta write that down then. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, 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 I loved, um, I loved his, um, his, uh, three story. I thought it was brilliant, but, um, yeah, Super Spy is, that's the jam. Even though I drew a blank on the name, I still think it's awesome. I've cool. been drinking. That's good. Um, yeah, other espionage. Uh, Petrograd, I, I think falls into a, into an espionage realm. It's, it's, there, there's certainly a lot of, uh, um, British, uh, British intelligence mixed in with Rasputin's assassination in there. So I would call that an espionage book. And, um, who is it? Uh, is that Tyler, Tyler Crook? Is that who does the art on that? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous book. And, uh, yeah, it's a good espionage book. Have you read Petrograd, Vince? I have not. You should. I, I think you would actually enjoy it because, um, Rasputin is such a, a fascinating character and the son of a bitch. Well, he just wouldn't fucking die. <laughs> there you go. That's a tombstone quote right yes, there. Yeah. Just wouldn't, wouldn't fucking, fucking die. die. Yeah. 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 But you know, that's, that, that's a good one. I have to weigh my options, right? We, we have so much backstock to read. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if, yeah, but it, so if I'm going to take a step back and say, hmm, what's going to be the best use of my time? More likely than not, it's not going to be in that direction. It's going to be towards, you know, something that I know I'm just going to love from the get go. But I will try it. See, I, I, I can't, I don't know if I, if I, I get what you're saying, but when, when you say, I know I'm going to love it, I don't know. How many times, well, me specifically, and over the past five years where I've said, I don't know why I waited so long to read this. I don't know what took me so long. I don't know why I waited. So I, I can't really, I mean, I, I definitely get it because I'm, I'm not 
I, I keep opening up my Comicsology page to see, you know, what I can read on the iPad before I go. Oh, look, I, I still have to finish Echo, and, and I still have to, you know, and I have, I have the five issues of School to read. By death for doing that, you know, it's been sitting here for like since Wizard World Chicago '06. So there are things where I, I know I'm going to enjoy, or it, it, but sometimes I'll just I'll I'll try something different. And I mean, and I did that with uh, Avengers Arena. This morning, I, I wasn't sure of how I was going to feel about it, but that, right, that's, but yeah, but see, superheroes are not a no, a long but this, shot. yeah, but dude, Avengers Arena is, is is nothing but kids and teenagers. So you really think that's something I'm going to love? Superhero kids and teenagers, right? They're not Power Pack. <laughs> Dude, if it ain't Power Pack, I ain't had it. But I'm just no, saying. No, I'm just saying. Dude, speaking of Power Pack, yeah. Dude, there are some cheap ass Power Pack pages from June Brigman on. Uh, are they? Because on, that, on the splash page art, dude. Yeah. I mean, not to, on the uh, the artist choice, the artist choice sale. Oh, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh. But just to get back to the other thing, you, you got to tilt the deck in your favor, though, right? A little bit. I mean, when you when you have a stack of books, just yes, using personal right. example. So I, I have a bunch of 2000 AD here that I have to read. Yep. So if if somebody throws, um, Prison you pit. know, well then that's a difficult decision. But if somebody throws like Petrograd at me and says, "Here, read this," oh, know. you know what I mean? I, I, it's 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 very easy to, even though I haven't read right. uh, some certain stuff, then I know I'm going to be I'm going to gravitate. To the natural, sure. Place. Well, and we probably have that, like in, in in other forms of entertainment too. Like for me, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I read lots of prose, but I just find biographies to be unbearably boring. Like I could count the on the on on one hand the number of biography prose like prose biographies that I've genuinely enjoyed reading. Yeah, I just I'm, don't I'm enjoy them, you. and and I I'm not again. It's not I recognize that some of them are phenomenal and well written, but I just cannot. And like David was saying, I've been gifted like um I was gifted the uh, Steve Jobs biography last year by somebody, and it uh, is good. I, was, I was gifted the uh, the John Adams biography a few years ago, and they're just sitting on my shelf. I just have zero interest in reading them. I, I just uh, not because I don't. I'm not interested in learning more about those those men, but I just I, I find biographies just unbearable. Uh, kind of dry, uh, really? yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially the person. I mean, if if it's somebody, if I mean Steve Jobs, you you would see you know a couple times a year at the keynotes and things like that. You get an idea of the type of person he is. So if if obviously he didn't write it, so it's not going to be him so much coming through the page but there are some some biographies where yeah i can definitely see where jace is coming from where you know if 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 you're some dude who was around alive in the 30s and you're not al capone or elliot ness i don't know how interesting your book is going to be yeah then it depends on the subject matter too like if the person is is disgustingly fascinating like i've read almost every andy warhol biography out there and and I and I'm never bored. But you know, say if you threw uh I don't know, some someone less interesting to me. Uh you know, like like Steve Jobs. I have like Jason, I have absolutely z- and I'm a Mac head. I have zero interest in reading that. It's it's just it's gotta be somebody who really I I not only interests me, but that I kind of admire in a certain in sense and I like Andy He's he's my guy, right? But Steve Steve Jobs, yeah, yeah, he did a lot of things. But do I want to read about them? Nah, not really. I don't know. Nice. Where did you say those power pack pages were? <laughs> the artist choice. The artist choice. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> the one who's a pain in the ass to order from. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's Yeah, I know. All right, yeah, you and Jay Tomio can can chill and and talk about uh, out it, it is. I know. I. I just. It's not like he hides it. It's you understand what yes, you're doing with understand. there. I do. It's, it's like going to the DMV. You know. It's you <laughs> just you realize that it's gonna be that way. So yeah. it's it's fine. Even yeah. though I'm a little disappointed because um, one of the artists who I bought a page uh, from last year, and I was wanting to go back and get a companion page to it. Um, the sale not 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 applicable, uh, not the same sale. Yeah, I, I would year. say that uh, a good half the guys this year didn't participate in the sale. So yeah, yeah, I was a little um, I was a little little bummed about that. But hurt. I was a little butt hurt about it. Yeah, because <laughs> I want to finish that. It was one of those uh, Garcia Lopez uh, oh, yeah. from the uh, Weird War t- War Tales that I four page story. I would I'd love to get the pages. I really would. Yeah. It's a four-page story, and it's a, it's a four-page contained story. And at yeah. some point, I want to have all four pages. But yeah, they were fifty percent off last year, and this year not. So yeah, I'm not. Uh, What's a Garcia Lopez page go for anyway? Uh, well, it was these are like two hundred a piece. So last year, I got a great page for a hundred bucks. That's a, um, that's a steal for a Garcia Lopez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, can get, you, can, you can get Garcia Lopez uh, Garcia Lopez pages. Any, I'd say like you know pretty unspectacular um, pages as far as you know like nobody in costume and just you know kind of like dialogue Smash pages for for I don't know seventy five eighty bucks all the way up to you know in the thousands for you know some of you know covers. But what I really like of his are the. Um, uh, the character design pages. Oh, the models yeah, which are awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah which though those are forty percent off right now, and there's some <sighs> cool ones. So, you know whose uh, price of the artwork jumped recently? Maybe it's just me because I don't look very often, but when I do look, it seems that Nathan Fox's stuff is just keeps going up. <laughs> no, he's always been pricey. Really? Because uh, yeah. I, I remember the haunt pages being not not super expensive, but like say one and a quarter. And I, I looked recently, and they're 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 not one and a quarter. <laughs> they're 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 up there. I mean, high end of what I would want to pay for a page. Mm-hmm. So because I'm cheap. Yes, yeah. that's I mean, true. He's always he's always kind of known what his market value is. So yeah. I'll tell you what's perplexing. Like uh, the it's a lot of the indie comics guys. Like they charge unbelievable amounts for their pages. Like I know, especially considering like how simplistic a lot of the line work is. Like it's 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 like it floors me. Yep. Me. yep. I, I agree. I agree. Except for Stoko. And, and, and again, our, the ironic part there is that Stoko is anything but simplistic landmark. Right, I mean, that page right. I have of, from Orkstein is freaking, I mean, there, there's, uh, I mean, half the page is ink. I mean, it's, you know, the dude, it must have taken him three days to draw that page. So. Yeah, Stoko's, Stoko's Godzilla stuff, dude, on Cadence is gorgeous, man. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not a, a big enough, like, big monsters guy like you are, but, but dude, if I was, I'd be up all on pages. It, that's... Yeah. If I had your money, I would buy that, that, uh, um, Smog Monster cover. S- says the guy with the giant mansion in the middle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the middle of Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, if our Vince uh, pretends he's a pauper. I know. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Right? It's, it's quaint. Cute. It's adorable. What else we got? Let me it's see what's man. Time. What's the, cl- that's exactly what I am. Clock on the wall says we are at, uh, 145. Oh, it's early, dude. That's right. We got stuff to talk about. Early. So, Um, uh, yeah, you didn't go. 
Uh, you did, well, you we talked about. Rides. I mean, we talked about the uh, Valiant stuff. Um, well, Vince, did you? Um, I know you know. You rarely talk about it, but you used to say that Fables was like your your little thing you never wanted to talk about on the show, but you still read. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, did you have you read the um, the Werewolves of the Heartland? No, I didn't even did, order it. Tell you the truth. Wow, really? Yeah. I'm kind of just past Fables. Not really. But, uh, I've been taking, I haven't read the past like 20 issues of Fables. Okay. I've just been, I, I, I've distanced myself from it. Um, I love, um, Jesus, uh, Buckingham. I, I think he's fantastic. It's just that I haven't been compelled to, to catch up. I will one of these days. Mm-hmm. I just, lately I just, I don't know. I, I'm not in a Fables mood. Well, this is the, um, not to shit on what you're going to talk about. No, 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 no. no it's going to say, well, this is only the second, um, OGN that's ever been produced of the fables, uh, right. stuff. You know, the th- first one was a, what, a thousand and one, uh, not days of, yeah. yeah, snowfall. Um, and that was back in 2006. So this, uh, just came out. It's, uh, of course, written by Bill Willingham. Um, and, but the art is not by, uh, Bucky. It's, it's, uh, by Craig Hamilton and Jim Fern primarily. Um, and it, uh, it's a story of, um, without any spoilers to the Fables ongoing series, there is a period in the book where, um, for reasons I won't get into, they decide they might need to find a new home. I'll leave it at that. So Bigby goes, uh, Bigby Wolf goes on a search for a new spot for Fable Town. And this OGN is basically what happens while he's on that search, which we never really get to see in the main comic. Um, and he is, um, he comes across a, a town called, uh, Story City. It's hidden in the woods, but of course, since he's the, he's Bigby Wolf, it's, you know, pretty much, he, nothing's hidden from him. He can sniff it out. So he comes across it, and as it turns out, it's a town full of werewolves. Nice. Every, every everyone in the town is a werewolf. And, uh, as you might expect, uh, in the Fables universe, if they're a town full of werewolves, chances are there's some connection in some way to Bigby. Uh, which in fact it, it, it ends up as true. But the cool, the really the cool thing about this book is that it reads very much like a, uh, a chunk that you would see more from like BPRD. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's not, it, it's much more like a horror and a war book than it is, um, what you're used to in fables, you know, which is very much by design much more you know, fan, fantastical and, and, and mythical. Um, this is much more grounded in, in, in reality and, and more takes a look at the, the idea of, of what these creatures would be like if they were monsters, you know, like these werewolves are the more traditional werewolves that you would have seen in, in, you know, in the, the whereas Big B is, you know, the god of, he's pretty much like the god of wolves. He's, he's much, much more than a typical werewolf, but these, these creatures are werewolves. And, um, it's, it's just, it reminded me as I'm reading it much more of, like I said, like a BPRD. There's, uh, tons of, uh, this is a very adult, um, story. There is tons of, like, blood and guts. I mean, and, like, EC level, like, disembowelment, decapitation, tons cool. of blood everywhere. Um, there's a ton of, uh, fully rendered nudity, like, like dudity. I mean, like, like, because when, when the werewolves, you know, transform back, I mean, they're just standing in the streets, just naked with the, the balls axe and the Jimmy jams hanging out, like everything just out there. Uh, it's, it's all out there. Um, there are flashback scenes to World War II 
where Bigby was uh, was was uh, was fighting against Nazis. And for some reason, I know it's a tired trope in some people's eyes, but you put like cool characters that you love from comics fighting Nazis. It's always entertaining. It's yeah, always, yeah. always. Entertaining. always. I know it's a trope. I understand it's it a trope. It always works. It always works. Bad guys. As Hellboy said, these guys were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but this story is basically, you know, um, uh, what would happen if, you know, this this town of people come across their god? They they look at Bigby as a god. I mean, they they really do view him as their god. Um, and uh, let's just say all is not right in this town, as you might expect. Huh. And Bigby has to just uh, basically take a lot of the people in town to task. Um, it's uh, it's fully contained. You do not have to be familiar with fables lore or have read you know a big chunk of fables to enjoy this. Um, if people are curious about whether they would like fables, because we often get those questions still, like you know, should I read fables? Um, if if you are a fan of BPRD or of EC horror and war stories, but have not read fables, this I think is a fantastic bridge into that. If if you read this. Um, and you like it, then I would say you have a better chance of trying fables and enjoying it. But, uh, but it's just, it's, it's, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the artwork again is, uh, it's not Bucky. It's, 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 it's a much, um, a much tighter, less, uh, expressive, uh, approach. And, and again, I think it works given the, the type of story that Willingham's trying to tell here. Um, and and look, I mean, Bigby is a badass, and he is in full badass mode in this. You, you, this this serves to remind you how um, how unbelievably powerful he is. Not just you know, um, I think sometimes I can get lost because you know, in the Fables universe, there's lots of other really powerful people, including his dad. You know, he's the uh, for people that don't know, he's he is a wolf, but he's actually uh, his father is the uh, the North Wind, so he's almost like an elemental. Um, yeah. And so Big B is not only a wolf, and he controls wolves, and is the father of wolves, but he's also essentially also the the god of wind. And so he he um like there's one there's one point in the in the book where he's he's shacking up in a, in a house, and he's he knows that they're trying to spy on him, so he 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 diverts the winds so that nobody can hear him. You know, like he he it's he can do that kind of thing, whereas he can hear anybody from even the furthest distances and. Uh, I uh, I just really enjoyed it. I I I highly recommend this. It's uh it's obviously by Vertigo. It's it's thir- twenty three bucks I think uh, uh, retail. But who the hell pays retail for comics? So it's probably like <laughs> fifteen bucks on Amazon or a hardcover. Yeah, it's a hardcover. It's an OGN. It's right. a, it's just you know, it's just like another um you know it's a self self contained OGN. It's uh, I think just under I think it's one hundred and fifty pages, maybe one hundred and sixty pages. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and like I said, if 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 you're a horror fan or a fan of uh, of of that kind of thing a little more than you are the typical fables, I think this will still work for you. So yeah, it sounds really good. It is. It's really good. It, it's 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 really really good. I mean, not that I'm surprised, but it's 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 nice to see because you know again, I know some people kind of jumped off the fables bandwagon after the end of the first big arc, and uh, and even if you have not been intrigued by the uh, the stuff that's happened since, like Mister Dark and all that, I would say. But you, if you if you loved like the first hundred issues of Fables, but have kind of fallen off since, buy this OGN because you'll you'll love this OGN. It'll it'll remind you of the stuff you loved in the first you know first hundred issues. Hmm. Cool. That yeah, sounds yeah. that sounds like something that would that would get me back in. Mm-hmm. Well, especially for the doodity because I know you love that. <laughs> the dingle dangle. All about that. It's me. It's all me. You guys were totally right. Just to 
play on well, the, yeah, the about, I mean we're right about no, lots of things. No, about the violence uh of you were talking about the how violent uh the the Bigby book is and you mentioned bloodshot being really violent. Yep. It it was it was exceptionally violent. And I was really surprised because it's like dripping with Skin the red shredding stuff. off his back. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, he doesn't, I mean, and, and it's, it's nice. Oh, I don't want to say it's nice. It's, it's, it's because I'm used to, as far as his comic work, Swarzynski could, you know, Cable is, is, is in a post, Apocalyptic world and, and, and you would expect things to be violent and not pretty, but it's, it's a mainstream Marvel comic. So the, the artist really can't go to the extremes that obviously right. Garcia is going right. to, but Swarzynski can also, you know, paint a picture Duke, like that in, in, in his prose books too, but it's, it's, uh, Duke gets blown friggin' apart. I mean, it really does. Loss it's, of it's, limbs, loss of yeah. torso. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get cut in half yet. You know, put me back together with the nanites do the work. But, and I mean, yeah. and, and it, it's, he's not, he's not unstoppable. He, he, no, if he's hungry, it, it, it if, could if, really, it, it could, I mean, he's got, yeah, that was, that's he, a nice Achilles heel that if the nanites aren't, uh, don't have, um, the protein there, sustenance, they can't yeah. repair him. So he needs protein. Yeah. <laughs> Poor cow. And it, it's, uh, and, and it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, he, um, it, it's obviously he, he's flawed. I mean, he, he he's got the kid talking hey, in his perfect. ear, and and um, you know, it's it's just it really is. It's I think it's it's a lot more warped than than Harbinger or any of the other Valiant yeah. books. But it is it's it is yeah. Before before I got the Archer and Armstrong, Bloodshot was my favorite of the books. Then you but, get Armstrong running around with two crossbow bolts in his eyes. So yeah, there's a share of, of violence in that book too. Good stuff. All I right, so what we got? More, uh, I can see people getting more offended by the words in Archer and Armstrong than any of the art. Flipping? No, well, definitely <laughs> flipping, dude. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I mean it's it's yeah, I mean we 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 just got done talking about that. So I mean it's it's right. uh, you're it's right, so it, good. It, it's violent. It's uh, you know what it's something that's going to be coming up semi regularly on our show because I think uh, if Chris uh, gets into them I I know he's going to love them but uh, we seem to be really jazzing on these which is good it's it's right. it's very I'm, very I'll, comforting I'll that that we can say you know what Valiant's back and the books are really good and, it's- and I gotta say I mean I I, sh- I sh- like after reading EXO I was like. Oh, I EXO mean, the I, first issue and I was like hails to the now yeah. like I assumed I it was like the first issue was good. But no, you weren't alone. A lot of people on our forum. But I was like, well, I'm like, if y'all thought that was good, I, I'm like, this isn't for me. I just not. I'm like, clearly, I'm going to stay away. And like I said, if it wasn't for that comicsology sale, I probably would have just stayed away. You know, because we're never, like you said, Vince, we're never. I'm never short on things to read. I got a stack of. True. I probably have a decade's worth of reading sitting here in my house right now. If I never bought another comic, at least, so I, you know. But uh, no, you're right. But when you're right, you're right. It. Uh, this I is a case where the the praise is more than deserved. Chris, you have um I mean we we, we mentioned Straczynski, you have Ben Lenthe on Archer and Armstrong, you have Dysart on um on on Harbinger. So it's there um there's some I mean it's not it, they are pretty books, but but they actually have some strong writers telling the story. So it's it's it, it's a good 
they, they really got a good package going. Which is, is conceptually, it's in tandem with the way Valiant started. They had great art and they had great writing. Initially. Then right. Somewhere yes. along the line, things, you know, as all things do. Claim and how long were the runs on on most of those most well, of the, the original ones? Solar was the longest at seventy issues, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, Matt, yeah uh didn't uh well Arch and Armstrong only lasted till what, twenty twenty four, twenty two? I can pull out I have them bound. I can just yeah. pull them out here. But I, I mean, I can't, cause they're across the room, I can't say for sure. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that Solar was the longest. And, um, yeah. after that, I, I got nothing. Turok lasted, what, 30 some issues? See, well, I'm, I, I don't know for sure. So I'm just, up, right? So I mean, we're just going by Valiant? Yeah. Acclaim bought them? Okay. Well, no, I'm counting the Acclaim ones in. With oh, the, with, with Solar, Solar, yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Let's, uh. That it? Start well. We're going to start wrapping it up because we didn't do any travels. And as usual, this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Word. DCB, yes, DCBService.com, uh, where you can get a whole bunch of stuff for not a lot of green. Remember what I said: GI Joe number one, buck ninety nine. Jack Kirby Omnibus number two, nineteen ninety nine. And Mind Management. By Matt Kent for a paltry nine dollars and ninety nine cents. In your travels, I'm going to do two because I like to do two. Because you're a cheater. Uh, <sighs> this this book is way high on my list of best one shots for 2012. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, or what do we call it? Best single issue. This is up there. It's from Dark Horse. It's by the legendary Richard Corbin, and it's called Edgar Allan Poe's The Conqueror Worm. Uh, if you like, hmm. if you it's like, it, uh, it, it's, it's an incredible adaptation of Poe's, uh, uh, I believe Conqueror Worm was a poem, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And, um, Corbin just nails it. It's violent, it's sexy, and it's filled with phallic worms. So, uh, do yourself a favor. If you like good comic books, beautiful art, pick up Ed Ground Poe's The Conqueror Worm by Richard Corbin. And, Second of all, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this book here, but y'all should be reading Popeye from IDW. Yip, um, yip, 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 yip. It's, it's, uh, it's number seven was completely done by Roger Langridge. The, the, the whole book. He wrote it. He drew it. Uh, Luke McDonald color it. Uh, Langridge lettered it. It's, it's an amazing story. Uh, Popeye. Luke McDonald? Yeah, yeah, Luke McDonald. Iron Man, Justice League of America, Suicide Squad, Luke McDonald. Yeah, Luke McDonald. Yeah. No shit. Good for him. I'm not kidding you. The story's <laughs> called The Case of the Desert Yeti, and it's exactly as the, <laughs> the title implies. There's a desert yeti that's plaguing uh, Olive Oil's former boyfriend, Ham Gravy, who just happens <laughs> to raise ostriches. <laughs> it's a, of course so funny. Language is amazing. Um I, I still feel bad that I shit on him for snarked because I just love the way he draws. I love the way he tells stories. Uh, that character just didn't connect with me. But I was going to say, I don't think there's any, you shouldn't feel bad about yeah. uh, reeling on that book. Yeah, but uh Popeye, incredible. Just buy it. Buy Popeye, buy classic Popeye, the Sagendorf stuff. It's just all so good. Nice. All right, so you said you had two. Yeah, it was two. Corbin and uh, Popeye. Oh, oh, right, right, okay. Yeah. Um... Read, uh, I'm unprepared. Um, anything?
sang by Carlos Trillo and Carlos <laughs> Vampire Boy. Yeah. Vampire Boy, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, and they've I'm done a lot of work together. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot. And I'm actually on kind of a little mini mission to, to collect as much of it as possible. I still need to go like borderline and, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff, but, um, borderline. uh, like yeah. Borderline. What else? Um, I don't sing Madonna, please. Uh, yeah, 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 just track, track that stuff down. That's good. That's good. It is. Chris, don't lie. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. It's just truth. I lost my pen. There it is. There is a 99 cent sale at Comixology right now. 51 issues, Age of Apocalypse. Get out of here. Age of Apocalypse Omnibu, uh, this past week. There you go. So good, dude. Triple dip, bitches. I have, see, and I was even, I, I said on the forum, if, I can't justify it, but if, if, if I were to get these issues, it means I would finally finish this event because I still have the paper issues that I, I haven't finished. That matters. I, I just, it, it's great. It's, you know, you talk about certain, uh, Certain genres that, that, that you want to read first. With me lately, it seems to be, do I have it on my iPad? No. All right. I'll read the paper issue. So <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's great. But does, uh, does that group include the, the rise of apocalypse? Uh, did you read that mini series? It, it includes. No, I don't think so. No. That was uh, apocalypse, dude. You have, huh? uh, Alpha Omega and Prime. Amazing X-Men, Astonishing X-Men, X-Man, Weapon X, Tales from Age of Apocalypse, those two issues, Excalibur, oh, yeah. uh, two issues of X-Men Chronicles, two issues of X-Universe, four issues of Blink, Factor Oh, X, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Next, Gambit and the Externals, mm-hmm. X-Men Age of Apocalypse, six issues. Gambit has never been cooler, by the way, than, was, than that, that, that miniseries. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Right? He wasn't a poof in that one, yeah. You're right, dude. A poof. Grand Crystal was in that shit. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing I really wasn't feeling was 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 uh, Wolverine's one hand. I don't know. I just I, but well, and you know, um, um, we, well, I don't want to. Um, I, but the eight, there's currently an Age of Apocalypse series running by Marvel, which I talked about yeah. the first issue, yeah. um, and uh, it uh, it's. Uh, Written by um, uh, Dave Lapham, and it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Again, I mean, if 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 you if you're a fan of Age of Apocalypse, which I was a huge fan, this is it. You know, this is picks up right where that left off. And uh, the only difference, though, being that uh, one-handed Wolverine is now the uh, the big bad. Yes, yeah, which yeah. which was hinted at in uh, Remender's Uncanny X Force. Right? Yeah, yeah, this is a pretty no. much. I wouldn't say it's a spinoff of that, but this is kind of yeah, built off of that little right look see. I was out of uh, X-Men when Age of Apocalypse swung around, and um, for just from hearing how good it was, I waited till it was about three-quarters of the way into the run, and you know how I, I got the, all of the Age of Apocalypse? I traded McFarlane Spider-Mans for them. Wow, dude. But see, I, I got to couch that in the fact that I had like four or five copies of each issue. Dude, how bizarre. So, Talk uh, about Kismet. Right. Uh, in the same package that I received the Age of Apocalypse Omnibu, I also received the McFarlane Spider-Man Omnibu. Nice. <laughs> nice. See, I would that like to own that. That's some interesting stuff. You know, um, I, I, I picked that up at a, at a, uh, a Denton Scratch, and 
my memories of McFarlane's Spider-Man are much um, sharper, snappier than yeah. than the actual product. It's uh, maybe it's just uh, maybe it just shows me that that at the time a lot of the art at Marvel wasn't as as crisp as maybe you think it was and, and how different McFarlane was for the time. But look at it now and yeah, it's, um, it's not as, uh, it's not as, it's not as crazy off the hook <laughs> awesome as you think it was. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know because I, I was just, yeah, I was just staring down all those pages in the last heritage auction of his run. And, and I mean, aside from going for absolutely insane amounts of money, I, I thought they looked awesome. I, I really, I was like, man, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, I was like, I was looking at those pages. I'm like, man, I'm like, I forgot how, like uh, it brought me back. at just, the, I was like, man, dude, I forgot how much McFarlane rocked it. So, yeah. I, mean, I think it's maybe, maybe a product, you know, it's still, we're dealing with, um, um, the coloring that was, yeah. that was different than it is now. That's, and it's yeah, that, that, you know that eighties, nineties coloring is still a limited palette, and they hadn't hadn't switched over to um, to digital coloring, and I think that that hurt a lot of art out there. So it's like it's it, it's like fruit stripe gum. You know, you're six, seven, eight years old. It's the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. You have it when you like you know you're twenty two and like two shoes, and it's like. This is the slavery, yeah. thing ever, right? Yeah, so that's the fun. Good for smaller minds, smaller minds. Most accurate uh, description I've ever heard. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, in your travels, um, I want to do. Right, no, so. I'm not. I'm not going to do two because we, we maybe we can talk about the movie next time. But um, in your travels, just released yesterday, uh, one of two new series written by. Mr. Dennis Hopeless, art by Kev Walker, Avengers Arena number one. It yeah, is basically, it is. and you have, dude, you have Arcade looking like Mick Hucknall. He looks like the lead singer from Simply Red. <laughs> he looks fantastic, but he, it's, it's, uh, Avengers Arena basically takes, um, the Runaways, uh, the kids from Avengers Academy, a couple of, uh, from what Pat Loika was telling me, new characters, um, so that uh and and puts them all in his murder world and and uh he even and 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 it's hopeless is and we know he's a great writer but he he um the arcade basically introduces himself to the kids by saying you know you might you might have heard of me i i i was that guy that you know the x-men with the giant pinball machine and 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 so it's he is a very um he actually makes arcade an interesting foil it it's uh you know instead of just being that oh look it's arcade and and okay they're going to get out of the 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 giant flaming birthday cake candles and things like that it's it's nothing it's nothing corny it's a very um it's it is a it's it's heavier than previous arcade appearances he he actually is is a threat and um and whether it's because it's kids because he, he admits that you know his his uh law of averages working against him it, he, he doesn't have a good um uh he practically has no winning streak but he 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 hasn't he's been in a bit of a rut and and i guess maybe picking on kids will change things around for him but it's uh the, the art by kev walker is amazing uh i i have not finished 
uh, Avengers Academy, so I'm not sure these first couple of pages if they spoil anything from when that series was ending. Uh, but he, he, um, our arcade ends the issue by telling the kids that uh, I'll make it easy on you. I will, you guys pick the weakest person here and I'll get the ball rolling. I'll, I'll kill him or her. And, 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 you know, and now this way, you know, I'm not playing that this is for real. Whoever is you know, last person standing at the end of 30 days, you win. And, and, uh, it's, it, it goes from there. So it is, it, it's, it's a, it's not a, um, if you're reading Popeye, this is probably not the book for you, but it's <laughs> only, only be, only based on the, on the, on the. But if you're a fan of the Hunger Games, it is. If you're a fan of the Hunger Games, if you're a fan of, um, Battle, Battle Royale, Royale. It, it's, right. So it's, it's, um, it is a, I think it's, I'm interested to see where it's going. They're, they're, now, how are they going to, now, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to definitely be in on this. I'm waiting for the hardcover. But but uh, let me ask you, though, how do you think they're going to escape this? Like, I mean, in the sense that we're not, they're not going to kill all, all but one of the runaways in the, new, like, Young Avengers, right? I mean, they're not, that's, like. I I really, and and it, right now, with the first issue in, I'm I'm not. I haven't seen. I mean, there hasn't been any any uh, slot moments where, in this first issue, I can figure out where where hopeless is going with it. I don't know where. Um, I don't, and and I I gotta wonder if like you know, Christos Gage is reading this, going, I just created that fucking character. Why'd you kill him? And 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 I don't know if. I don't know if this is just Marvel going. You know, teenage characters don't sell. So let's just you know let's. Kill them all off, and whoever's left is, is you know. So I don't, I don't Reptil? know. Uh, Reptile is, is in the issue. Um, uh, I don't. No, I don't think so. Um, Hazmat, uh, Metal, X twenty three. Oh, how, now see, now how are they gonna? How could you have X twenty three in there and her not win? Okay, you need to see the first couple pages of this issue. But I'm saying you, she's green. You need to read the first couple of pages of this issue. Um, no, it's, it's, like I said, I mean, I'm, I, there are, there was no, um, there was no handbook entries. There were no, uh, <laughs> no, no fraction like captions where, you know, no, no Cyclops has a jetpack. I, he tells you who the characters are because there's a headshot with, with, with the character's name, but I don't know. Who that person's what? What that person's power might be? I mean, Nico is there from Runaways. You know, obviously I remember her. So I mean, there are some characters where I'm like, okay, I know who that is. But there are some characters where I'm like, I have no idea who the hell that dude is. So I don't know what his powers are, where he came from, and some some of these characters we'll figure out, I guess, as the issues go on. But I mean, as far as the first issue goes, I I gotta see where it's going. Cool. Hey, um, uh, to uh, recap real quickly, because I'm gonna jump into the Valiant. What's what's the one? That I should Archer and Armstrong. read. Yeah. Archer and Armstrong. That, yep. That's the book. What's number yep. two? Bloodshot. Or Bloodshot. Darkman. Bloodshot. Not Darkman. Not Shadowman. Shadowman's only two issues, Chris. You might, I mean, that, that, that might give you a feel for it. Um, which, which one? Shadowman's very occult. Unless you want to see. It's worst. You have, <laughs> you have. Nice. So, alright, so, so Jason, you gotta, you have to flip a couple of coins. Roll your three-sided dice, because you have Jason who says Harbinger. I say Bloodshot. 
Vincent Shadowman. No, no, not for the one he should read. No. no uh, that's the second one. His second one he should read. Oh, his second yeah. one. Uh, Bloodshot. Okay. So two for Archer Bloodshot. and Armstrong, then, then. Definitely then Archer and Armstrong. So, uh, XO Man of War, which, uh, yeah. No, it's good. It's yeah, good. I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. I would, yeah. I'd, I'd what was like text though? What was like text Yeah, yeah, I think you like it. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't start you off with that one. I think the safe bet, just to get you feeling it, is Archer and Armstrong. That yes. there's no way that book's not going to connect with you. Okay, I'm jumping yeah. in. It's good for you. Nice. All right. Uh, so uh, I'll try and break the mold here and actually do a short in your travels. <laughs> so I right, won't ask fine. any questions then. Hey, uh, mine's short. No, I'm just <laughs> no, uh, like, Jason knows what he's saying, so. Oh, thanks. Oh, goodness, David. He just said, he says, I'm unprepared. That's, that's what it, he said. That's that's whenever my cheer. Christmas present arrives on your doorstep, just send it back. It's your last one ever, you joke. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, so in your travels, um, actually a boom book, uh, which is, uh, yeah, Grace Randolph's Superbia. Oh. Uh, the, the, the second miniseries is coming out currently, um, but this is a collection that was just put out of the first miniseries, which I hadn't read, but then I saw the uh, trade paperback solicited in uh, previews, and it looked pretty pretty interesting. Uh, basically, the uh, the caption is, uh, What goes down when the capes come off? Meet the real housewives of Earth's greatest super team, the Meta Legion. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's it's what you would think. It's, uh, it's, it's a look into um, the wives, or ah, I shouldn't say wives, the significant others, of, uh, of, 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 you know, effectively like this world's Justice League or this world's Avengers and the kind of things that would ensue in that, in that personal dynamic. You've got the Superman analog who's got a, uh, super hot blonde bombshell as his girlfriend, but she happens to be a, uh, a, a former murderous super villainess who's now on, uh, in hiding. You've got, uh, the Batman analog whose wife is actually the brains behind him. And he's really just a brand. She actually is the one that does the crime solving and has the money and runs the show. Um, you've got, um, you, you do have a, you know, there's a gay couple. Um, you've got a Mr. Mom who is like the, he's like the, uh, he's, he's, he's heterosexual, but like kind of effeminate and very domestic. And he is uh, married to effectively the Wonder Woman analog who's like a total, a total, uh, like Amazonian. And she, she's like, you know, uh, it's kind of hysterical because, uh, she's always trying to train her daughter in like the ways of war. And she's like chasing the daughter around the house with like axes and trying to chop her head <laughs> off. And, and meanwhile, the son who, um, you know, the, the son is, uh, she basically ignores the son and, and, uh, and, and as it turns out, the, uh, the son actually has the abilities and the daughter doesn't. And she can't process that because, you know, that's not like in her world ever possible. Um, but it's just, uh, it's very, very clever. It's, it's a humor book in, in many ways. Um, uh, and I, I just, I found it quite uh, fun. It's, it's, um, the, the art is by, uh, a gentleman who I was not familiar with named Russell Dowderman. Um, and, and I don't, and he does all of the art. He does, well, he doesn't do the coloring, but he does, uh, he does the pencils and inks. Um, I, but, uh, no, I just, I, I thought it was really enjoyable. Again, it's just one of those sort of, um, you know, it's in the same vein as, as something maybe like the boys or something where, you know, it kind of takes a little bit of a, of a, you know, a, a slightly angular, angular view at the superhero tropes and, and turns them on their head, uh, with a little bit of humor and, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of body, body, uh, situations. And I think they did a great job with it. So, um, pick it up if that's your, your shti. That's an endorsement. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you, you would like it, Vince. You would definitely uh, like it. Yeah, I, I, I always pause at that page in the previews whenever I, I'm, you know, I'm flipping through it. Hmm, that looks pretty well, good. Well, I gotta be honest with you, like, the, um, the covers don't do it any favors because they're by Ali Garza. And, uh, <laughs> like, no, and, and, meaning in that, like, the, I think the cover images and even the cover of the trade look very much like, um, everything that's in, like, that whole vein of, like, the, Fathom, like that, you know, all the clones yeah, of that look, okay. and like, you know, there's that big chunk of previews where it's like all these different covers of all these different books, and they all like look the same. Like the girls look the same; they look like '90s pinup girls. And uh, I think a lot of people just gloss right over that. And I think these covers look just like that. And I can see how people just like, ah, oh, I, I know what I'm going to get in that book. And that's not at all what you get inside the book. The uh, this Dowderman fellow is is very, you know, much more of a cartoony style. Um, you know, he's not as, as, as polished or, or, um, or, 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 uh, exemplary as like a Ramos, but, but it's, you know, he's, he's definitely going for that kind of, that kind of thing, you know, so. Yeah. Hmm. Total opposite of the Xenoscope books. Who usually, more, who use more often than not, the Xenoscope books have decent covers. Mm-hmm. But then once I crack them open, I'm like, nah, I'm not buying Speaking this. of the Xenoscope, so I'm at the Eagles game, the last home Eagles game. Well, not the one tonight, obviously, but the, the last one. Um, tailgating, hanging out with my friends, and, um, another guy's hanging out with us, and his, he, he introduces me to his buddy and his buddy's girlfriend who come up to sort of say hi. And then, like a half hour later, we're talking, and, and somehow or another, someone made a joke about comic books and me. And the guy's like, wait, you're into comic books? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's actually a big hobby of mine. And, you know, I do a podcast about it and stuff. And he was like, oh, he's like, the, he's like my buddy who was just here with his girlfriend. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's the, uh, owner and founder of Xenoscope. Wow, Nate. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. And he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I'll hook you guys up. I'm like, so then I didn't know what to say because, you know, I'm not like really, like, it's not like, I mean, I'm not a huge Xenoscope fan, so it's not like I like clamor to talk to the guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, small world, right? Like, totally random. But, uh, was she hot? Unbelievable. There you go. See? <laughs> he's a young guy. He's like, he's probably in his early thirties, like in shape, good looking guy. You know, I think he made, he made some scratch in some other businesses and, uh, just like us, like a huge comic fan and decided to start Xenoscope just to, you know, so, but, uh, did he have yeah. Raven Gregory on a chain? <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you writing? Uh, non sequitur here, but, um, I talked to Dave Windorf, uh, this week and he's, all safe and sound and all that. He's uh, another New Jerseyan. So all you, uh, East Coast people that I was worried about, I had, um, he was actually on tour after Sandy. So I was able to touch base with him. So he's nice. all doing well. So I, I hope everyone, it's, I know that, uh, with, uh, fiscal cliffness and that kind of stuff, the, uh, focus has kind of turned away from Sandy recovery. And I know a lot of people are still having a hard time out there. So as we get close to the holidays here, I hope, uh, Everyone, uh, everyone out there and in, in parts of the country that, uh, that got hit by the superstorm. I hope, uh, hope your holidays are going to be okay. Cause I know there's, there's a lot of people out there that still are having a hell of a time getting, getting back to normalcy. So you're here. Yeah. That was nice, Chris. I uh, say I'm, I'm all happy. Oh, and by God, people, please come to our forums and participate in our 11 O'Clockers. Yeah. The forum thread is finally posted. For those that are new listeners and haven't been around, this is our annual best of. We try to uh, make categories a little bit different than the ones you might otherwise expect, at least some of them. So we have a lot of genre stuff in there. And uh, I finally got around to posting the thread. So you can go to our forums and place your votes. 
Uh, and uh, we would encourage you to do so. We just have a great turnout, and uh, we'll do that show in a few weeks, and it's it's definitely a fun show. seems like one of our better-received shows each year. So. And it doesn't cost you anything. That's right. That's how we roll. Word. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for being here with us. We'll be back again next week. Go get your Christmas shopping done. Buy stuff for your loved ones. And, That's uh, right. And we'll, love the ones you're with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back to talk with you next week. Bye. Bye. Hiatus. Did you say hi? Did you say hiatus? Latest. Oh, I thought you said hiatus. He said labius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies. It's a big old bond up. Labius. What? Labius. Forgot to say that uh, since we're talking about Valiant, that Chris Campbell recently, a No Apologies podcast, talked about Valiant. Right. Chris is having trouble with the Fantastic Four. Feel bad for him. He's struggling. Yeah, right. He's struggling, man. He wants to like it, and it just won't. Well, you know, he's, that's his book. I mean, that's you know, he's read. I think he's read every issue literally ever. I mean, he went back, but but that's really? his book. He won't drop it, and uh, he's struggling with fraction. He's not. He's he's having a tough time, man. Brother, when you when you put Moon Boy in a Fantastic Four book and I don't buy it, something's wrong. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's I know, he's definition. He's definition. Let's let's upbeat. Hey, we love you. We'll see you next week. That's right. Yes. Thank you for. Oh my God, you guys are beyond. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, we we, we love the listeners, but I mean, you know, I don't. Yeah, really. It's seriously.